download episodes of previous shows. Welcome to the podcast. It is the Riot Podcast. Welcome to the weekend. All right, final podcast for the week, everyone. Good showing, guys. Hate to hear somebody uh, like listening to this on a Wednesday next week <laughs> that's a little behind, and they're like, "Oh, shut up!" But you. in case you listen every day, like yeah. you, I wonder if you notice a, a lightness a to the Friday tone, show. Yeah. You know, like we're just happier that we are at the end of the week, yeah. and maybe that's good. Then you hear it, and it inspires you today. Whenever you're listening to it, I think we we're trying to strike a balance today because a lot of the news, and we we tried to filter it out, and it's probably even more filtered out in the podcast. But a lot of the news was more like negative stuff. Sure. At least what I was seeing. And so I was trying. But on the other hand, it was a Friday. It's a Friday. Mm-hmm. And we got we to talk to it. Sam from Paradise Now. So we tried to make the most of it and just <laughs> keep a, a good attitude, even with negativity in the world. You're right. Paradise Now joined us. They're one of our bands on Radio U. If you want to watch the interview when you're done with the podcast, follow us at Radio U Riot on Facebook or our YouTube channel. Subscribe while you're there and you can watch the interview. Yeah. You might not have expected, but today we also talk about uh, the House of Gucci trailer. Mm-hmm. I felt like it was negative news and then entertainment news. Yeah, <laughs> it was a lot of entertainment. In fact, we didn't even get to All we didn't get it. to talk about the first look at the Hawkeye TV show uh, that's coming to Disney Plus in November. We did talk about the Scarlett Johansson we Disney did. stuff, so that is there. Yep, and uh, yeah, there was other entertainment stuff we didn't even get a chance to get to, and it will be old by the time we do our next <laughs> show. So, um, but what else did we get to my favorite part of the show was uh yesterday we talked about potato milk yeah and today nikki discovered you can also make corn milk Woo! yeah and uh, why do they think we're making this stuff at home <laughs> like i don't know i mean i have tried i made almond milk once uh-huh and how did it turn out it was fine but it was so so long very tedious yeah, process very yeah. tedious and i had to pay for more supplies <laughs> Than then I if would have. Now if you I see just, why almond milk is so expensive. I just buy it at Costco and it's not because huh. they buy it in bulk. Yeah, there you so go. So I get the savings. Right. You get the <laughs> discount. Well, uh, maybe corn milk is a, is an opportunity for you, although I don't think they sell that in stores. They don't. And maybe I'm not it's buying the new enough trend. corn, so I'll have to I'll have to try that. Sweet corn yeah. sounds good, though. I might yeah, do that Yeah, actually it does. I want to have some corn on the cob. That'll do. Um, that'll do. What is it? That'll do pig. That'll do that'll pig. Do. Yeah. Oh, make us feel real nice with that. <laughs> And uh, let's see. Oh, I like the bingo granny stories as well. Is it Don't mess bingo? With them. And what's the uh, other word for housey? Housey, yeah. which is another term for bingo. Yep. So that's that's all in the podcast and plenty more. It'll keep you occupied, get you through your weekend. That's right. Thanks for listening. And of course, text and say hi this weekend, 877-2-RADIO-U. If something comes up or find a story that we want to include on Monday's show. And we should also mention the Radio U Virtual 5K mm-hmm. because now it is literally a week from when we're recording this to when you have to have your time in. Yep. So if you want to still be a part of that, if you want to be like me and do a lawnmower 5K, which I am doing <laughs> this me, weekend. a slow walk 5K. Yeah. Yeah, whatever 5K you want to do, that is going to be uh, at RadioU.com slash 5K. Have a good weekend. Like, review, subscribe, 
<laughs> Unsubscribe, resubscribe. We'll talk to you next time. I think we've given them enough. <laughs> <laughs> it's the riot. It's the riot. The riot isn't all bad, but this is the worst of the riot. Radio U. Here's the bad news. Uh, the coronavirus pandemic has delayed the Jaws musical. Oh, boy, it hits the the most important things, does yes, it? Every, it? Are we does. doing a Jaws musical? I didn't know that. Um, we're doing it. <laughs> it well, is, we're not. It is happening. Now, see, here's the problem. It was supposed to open this year in New Jersey, mm-hmm. but with the pandemic rearing its head, it was uh, delayed and moved to where it will now uh, debut in Seattle next year. Oh, they have to wait that long? Yeah. Well, I don't think it was recently delayed, uh, but for some reason it's in the news now that uh, just make sure you're keeping note that the Jaws musical is coming next Hudson, year. Hudson, according to this article, and if you mm-hmm. could stop using such negative words, uh. <laughs> um, it is just being removed to a different date. Uh, it's not being, you know, let's let's not use the D word. D. <laughs> delayed, all right? It's just the plans have been altered. Yes, it <laughs> is, is what they're saying. It's all uh, <laughs> it's all a part of the just the beautiful dance of putting on a musical, yeah, which, by which the way, includes a beautiful dance. Right. Hudson hates musicals. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't think you're pretty shy about that. Yep. And the cool thing, though, it was supposed to be called Bruce. Uh, I think that's a, a nice name. That yeah. was the title of it. Well, when know, it was supposed to debut. I was wondering if people will make the connection because I didn't. That Bruce, isn't the shark Bruce. The shark is named Bruce. Yeah, uh, but they, that was the name of the shark on the set, like for the prop that was the shark. Yeah. So, but I didn't. I mean, I guess I know that, but I didn't make. If you said, "Hey, there's a new musical coming. It's called Bruce," then I'd be like, "Oh, the Jaws musical, yeah, of, course. of course, that's yeah. Jaws." You wouldn't connect the two. You need to see the poster for that one. So the musical was previously said to be um, chronicling the making of Bruce, like of Jaws, uh-huh. uh, telling the story of Steven Spielberg's start and uh, challenges. <laughs> they say oh, that great. was at every turn of making Jaws. So it's not like it's. Jaws, the movie. Yeah. They're not doing a musical about that. Now I'm getting even more disappointed. I know, because that'd be a lot of like water scenes, I yeah, guess. Yeah. Well, and <laughs> Jaws, I think, only has like, for the majority of it, it's just three people on a boat. Pretty much. And then the absence of the shark, and it's yeah. horrifying. They lean real heavy on that. Yes. Uh, so for this, this is about making Jaws, because if you didn't know some of the history, like mm-hmm. the mechanical shark was really hard to get working. Yep. So that's why you don't see it a lot in the beginning of the uh-huh. movie. Wasn't just a a decision <laughs> to make shark. it seem more intimidating of the like, sh- what is this thing? The shark was, uh, they had to fight hard to keep it from withdrawing, you know, mm-hmm. to just <laughs> like it to make sure it stayed a part of the team. That's it. So, so Seattle, just be aware that you'll be able to see Bruce the musical, um, though it's been altered, the plans. Yep. And that'll now be debuting next year. Wow. What, what? else to look forward to than a musical about the history of the making of Jaws. <laughs> the only better thing is if this would have been like one of those NBC musicals. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, the oh. ones are Fox or something. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> it would, for some reason, have some actress you haven't heard of uh-huh. in like 15 years yep. involved. Yeah, that sounds about right. Worst of the Riot podcast. One thing you need to learn, you never come between grannies and their bingo. <laughs> I wonder 
if like does anybody grandmothers like play bingo? Yeah. Is that still a thing? Uh, it definitely is still a thing. Uh, I had a grandmother that used to play bingo. She would when before she died. I've only I know <laughs> I know I've only ever seen it in movies where they have like this uh, marker, like a big bingo stick sort of thing yeah. and then they just yep you know and they have they don't just have one bingo card they have a, bunch. They have a whole yes. tables worth of them so i don't even know if any of that's really how playing yeah, bingo no. is i've but. seen i've seen videos of it and there's one of if you ever watch the show impractical jokers mm-hmm. where they go out and like they just do dumb stuff in uh like the whole show is kind of like a it's a prank show but the pranks are the guys themselves have to do stupid stuff. They're not pranking other people, really. And so one of the punishments they had to do on that was a guy had to keep calling bingo in a bingo hall with all the bingo grannies, even though he didn't actually oh, have bingo. I they got mad. And that was, I mean, they've done, that kind of show's done, like where you have to shave off your eyebrow, you know, all this crazy stuff. And the worst thing was, was the bingo grannies because they, <laughs> by the end of that, they were so done with this guy. And, uh, and I imagine that's what these grannies were like. In New Zealand, Gisborne, New Zealand. Did you see the name of the place they were playing? Uh, no, I did the not. The Gisborne Pirates Rugby Club. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> it was it an 8 like p.m. A, on a Friday. Sounds like a rough place for a bunch of grannies. It but, does. They were but you play- know what? Bingo grannies can hold their own, as the story shows. Is bingo like they were playing housey? Is that a I guess a maybe that's a, yeah, a different version. Uh, we don't know that much. I know. Maybe I that's just a New up. Zealand thing. But they were, they were all, it was about 30 women, the oldest of whom was 87. Wow. And two guys come in uh, in ski masks and black outfits and they burst in and they're trying to, I guess, rob the place of the bingo, uh, the reward money. What do you, what do you call it? The pot. The pot of it. (laughs) Not the weed, but the pot, like the money. And the winnings. Yes, the winnings. (laughs) And the grannies stifled their, these 30 grannies banded together and stifled the thieves' uh, thieves plot there. Well, I mean, it is 30 women, even if they were elderly, against a couple of guys. Yeah, but you know what happens, uh, like what you usually see if you watch like when a gas station gets robbed or whatever, there's people standing around Mm -hmm. and they'll just, everybody just kind of stands back and lets it happen, partially because uh, if you work in a place like that, they tell you... If somebody comes in and tries to rob the place, just let them rob it and then call the police right away and mm-hmm. they're going to get away. Like the amount of money that they're going to get away with is not going to equal out to if you try to stop them and they kill you or whatever. So just don't even worry about it. But, you know, people just have the tendency to kind of stand back, let it happen, and we'll deal with it afterwards. So but the grannies were like, uh-uh, we got this time. is our bingo money. They were trying to save the $700. That was the bingo money. Uh-huh. And I just looked it up. Housey is bingo in just certain parts of the world. That's just what they call it there. They call it that because when someone has bingo, we yell bingo, but there they yell house. Hmm. And that, uh, I didn't know, was invented in Italy in the 1500s. Huh. And it's still sticking around today. Well, I mean... I was going to say a joke about the ladies being practically from the 1500s. But oh, no come on, no come on. No, and you're no not that is. mean. You're not no, that mean of no, a person. No, it's a grandmother. You yeah. never say anything it's about age. a sweet age. old granny, yeah. and she's just, uh, you know, she doesn't have a lot going on anymore, but she gets to hang out with her girlfriends. Well, they're doing something on a Friday night. Yeah. I don't have any plans. That's more, more than we're doing. <laughs> That's exactly right. I should be looking into playing bingo yeah. or housey. We should join a, a bingo, a 
pirate rub, rugby club. They even have a club to go to. Yeah. <laughs> this is the Worst of the Riot podcast. We've got a a wedding dress uh, hunt on the horizon. I don't know. We've got, we, we need to find the owner of a wedding dress. Oh, someone the lost search one? is on. Yeah, uh, this is in the Frisco, Texas area where the North Texas Tollway Authority found a wedding dress that was all boxed up on the side of the road mm-hmm. uh, on July 23rd, last Friday night. And they still don't know who is the owner or why it was on the side of the road. And so they're they're putting out... Uh, is it an APB? They want to find the owner. <laughs> they want to. They want social media to do its job. Yeah, and try to figure out who. And most importantly, everybody just wants to know probably the details. Why? Yeah, like was the window open and someone knocked it out? Did you have a fight and you threw it out and uh-huh. you're not getting married anymore? Like, did you break up? It says, uh, according to the story, I think that it was all boxed up, so it doesn't look like somebody just uh, like it it accidentally up. found found it. Sure. You know, or no, it doesn't look like somebody accidentally dropped it out of their car. Well, no, you could have, like, say you picked it up from the store or something, and it was all boxed up. Uh-huh. Or yeah. it could have been an older dress from someone who had already got married, and they're divorcing, no. and they threw it out the car. That's what <laughs> I feel is more likely. I think that it was intentionally maybe left behind, because I I think they also it's said a statement dress. even though it is uh <laughs> even though it is boxed up it looks like it might be oh yes it the documents inside the packaging revealed that the dress was boxed more than 20 years ago ah, so it's an old one yeah so ah. it could be from uh, an old painful memory that somebody's just trying to leave behind no, and now is... the north texas tollway authority is just know. bring it back up no okay this makes sense this is a it's a wedding dress tiktok thing okay the trend is to uh, recently, go find like your mom or someone who has their old wedding dress, uh-huh. and then to see what it looks like, uh, how modern or how well it would work now. Okay, even if you weren't getting married, the trend is to like unbox it and stuff. Okay, so maybe someone was going to do that, and the mom was like driving it over, <laughs> and it, <laughs> and fell it just out. fell out. Yeah, I think falling out plays into this somehow. No, I think it's uh, it was intentional. You ever have all your windows down, and you just know something. And a box just, just flies yeah, out the window. You could have. Been like, a hey. box with containing an entire wedding yes. dress. Like, what's over there? And then <laughs> poof, and it goes right out the window. A real big gust. I don't know how you drive, through. Hudson, but it's possible. I think uh, <laughs> maybe if it was hanging on the hanger thing that's in, <laughs> in the back seat, it could have. And it gets like sucked out like a with the air pressure, but I don't think a box. <laughs> it's just gonna up. And I mean, if it was a truck. Maybe it fell out of the back of a truck. Well, it could be. I don't know why you're thinking it's not, but they're uh, saying that they're going to hold the dress for 90 days in Texas. After that, remember we talk about those auction sites, uh-huh. the government ones where it's like all these like forklifts and airplanes and wedding dresses. Yep. It'll be auctioned off uh, along with other abandoned property that's fallen out of people's cars. There you go. If you can, uh, if you're getting married a little over 90 days from now, <laughs> you can you get a steal out? of a deal on a wedding dress. I don't. No, With a real story behind it. It's 20 years old, so I, I'm, I'm looking at... Vintage. It is. It's, it's retro. It's a, it's a piece. Yeah. <laughs> you won't hear a show like this anywhere else. And that's probably for the best. The Worst of the Riot. Radio U. Scarlett Johansson, the Black Widow, as she's also known... Has I don't think anymore. Yeah, maybe not. She's <laughs> I, gonna be 
think this is it. Stricken from the record of all Disney Marvel movies because she is suing Disney over the release of the Black Widow movie from earlier this month. Mm -hmm. Uh, The crux of the, the lawsuit, basically the argument is her contract for the movie stipulated that she would get a certain percentage of the box office take from um, theaters. From theaters. Yeah. However, Disney Plus, as we well know, released Black Widow also on Disney Plus. Uh, you had so had to pay to get it. Thirty dollars, I believe, was the uh, price, the premier access fee. But nevertheless, they released it on the streaming service the same time as they released it in the box office. So her argument is. She's losing out on money that she would have gotten otherwise if it had just been released in the box office because more people would have gone to the box office to see it and she would have gotten more money from that. I think she's assuming more people. (laughs) And that might not be true. Uh Uh, Disney responded, said there's no merit whatsoever. They say it's sad and distressing on its disregard for COVID-19 and for the pandemic. I mean, that obviously changed a lot of things because that was supposed to come out right at the beginning of COVID thing. And then it's yeah, got, it May got pushed of last quite year. a lot. And everybody else on the Black Widow stuff was like, no, let's do it. Let's put it out on Disney Plus. Yeah. Uh, but for her, because of her contract, they say that she got 20 million. Yeah. And then I think they were treating Disney Plus stuff as like bonuses. Yeah. Um, that's what that's what is difficult for me to to parse out here is Disney in their response initially said with Disney Plus Premier Access that has significantly enhanced her ability to earn additional compensation, which that's carefully worded. Mm-hmm. That doesn't say she also earned uh, money from it. It said it enhanced her ability to earn. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, obviously the simple solution would just be she also gets a percentage of Disney Plus's Premier Access uh, price that they that they charge. But we don't know if she did or didn't with that. And furthermore, that wasn't really written into her contract because I don't think that was even a thing at the time when she signed on. No so. one saw that coming. Yeah. But again, that is a bold move because I kept thinking like, I know you want to stand up for yourself. Like if you feel like you've been, really been wrong. Yeah. But it's hard when you're like, but you've been wrong $20 million yeah. and that doesn't <laughs> feel so bad. And second, I think Disney owns and has their hand in almost everything. Yeah. So well, what are you going to do when you want to do another type of movie and they don't want to work with you? I think my theory is she only can do this because this is, in theory, her last Marvel movie. Mm -hmm. And so she can say... And because, you know, if there's other actors that are in a similar situation, they may want to do the same thing as well. But because... uh, And actually, in the Marvel movies, it's kind of been a thing in the past of the contracts weren't exactly very generous uh, for it because they were signing kind of lesser-known people. But with her, this is potentially her last movie, and so she can say, I've earned my money already, and I don't need to be a part of this franchise anymore so I can burn this bridge and get some extra money out of it. And if she's got other people she's talking to that's like, yeah, I wish I could do this, but I don't want to lose out on the future movies or something like that or Mm. burn a bridge because I want to do other stuff with Disney – then maybe she's kind of behind the scenes. Yeah. Uh, somebody that they're kind of rooting for. Well, I'm just, I don't know if that's the best move. No. <laughs> and if you're well, going re- up against Disney, you're <laughs> no, not always, you're not very likely to win. And if you're really upset about it, you should have filed something weeks ago when it came out. Yeah. Uh, but it apparently didn't make enough for well, you. Maybe, wait, hold on. Maybe we're thinking about this all the wrong way. We're right. thinking. Disney Plus hurt the initial box office because, and she's not getting the money from Disney Plus. Maybe the thinking is 
if you remember, Black Widow, like, cratered after the first week. It's box office earnings. Yeah. So maybe, like we were kind of saying, like, it maybe being on Disney Plus made it easier to pirate or something like that, and that was hurting the box office take. Maybe that's the argument, actually, which that could make some sense, too. This is Radio U's Worst of the Riot. We've brought in Mr. News and Traffic. It's Isaiah. To because I wanted to know you've been talking about the uh, Scarlett Johansson Black Widow Disney lawsuit. Uh, we just talked about it also, but I wanted to know, like, are you? Uh, we we just are getting to know you, and we don't know anything about what you watch. So do you it's watch? A loaded question. Then what if it's not good? Yeah, I know. Right? What if? <laughs> hey, Sydney watches JAG and NCIS and CSI, and we still let her come around. You're so. right. She she uh, watches all the acronym shows. Yeah. Oh no. All like the, all the CBS stuff. Crime procedurals is all. It's embarrassing. And she's watched all the current ones, so now she's going through the old, old, <laughs> like the ones from the 80s. So you're right. Hit us with what you got. Yeah. Like, what do you what do you like? Do you like Marvel stuff? So I my my go to thing is Marvel. Okay. But the thing that a lot of people disagree with me on. Is the only subscription service that I use oh, uh, it is. is Disney Plus. Oh, that's that's it? the only that's one. The only one you have? I don't use Netflix. I don't use Wait. Hulu. No, that's fine. Wait, like you're not paying for it because it's it's through your mom or like you, <laughs> or you don't even, you don't even, even watch it. it. I don't even have it. my parents <gasps> play for the Disney Plus one, and that's it. <laughs> I'm a complete freeloader on that, but I, I don't really have Netflix or Hulu, so I don't watch any shows like uh, that. Wow. But I just recycle through on Disney Plus just whatever they have. See, really? I want your freedom. I want to dump Netflix just because I, I've had it since, like, forever, but uh-huh. I don't watch anything on it. But no. I just when, you, when you've when you had it a part of your life for so long, you're not ready to break up, but you don't even have that. Have no. You, have you noticed that, uh, like, when we posted Isaiah's welcome picture? introducing him to everybody they are all comment on the social media they were all commenting on how he was dressed nicely is that because he doesn't because he doesn't he doesn't have any money tied up in streaming services so he can buy nicer clothes than us if you look at us you're like guys you got all the streaming services (laughs) i guess we do yeah on on netflix like i would use my my girlfriend's account from time to time but Uh there was just never anything on there that i was like i need this wow oh yeah you're you're right now and uh well i don't pay for it either so nikki's I'm Nikki's the only the one. listen, I'm the only one not freeloading off everyone. That's <laughs> it has an amazing does setup it, where like this brother does this, this yeah. parent does that, that parent does that, and then they all share, and that's that's but perfect. Does it count as freeloading if we don't actually if I don't actually really use no, Netflix? You you said you don't watch like any of the others. Hardly but ever. A lot of people do. Actually, well, it's them freeloading off of me. It's kind of <laughs> an exchange. My brother, one brother plays for Disney Plus, yeah. and I pay for HBO Max, and then we also have Netflix subscription stuff, but those are the only two that people actually use. And so, like, me and my brother are funding our whole family's streaming subscriptions, pretty much. You guys. Yeah. <laughs> so Disney's is From your a, thing. Disney, the Marvel movies, I just, I watch them over and over and over So again. have you watched, like, uh, Loki then, or are you not watched caught up? Lo- yeah, I have watched those series. I've watched oh, Loki and WandaVision and all that. I actually already have seen Black Widow. I went and saw that in oh, theaters. Oh, <gasps> Well, first Wait. off, Scarlett Johansson says thanks. Yes, I know, absolutely. right? I'm helping her paycheck. That's yeah. why I went, you know? Yeah. You're part of the 20 million. <laughs> Literally. Well, uh, we have to, a lot to talk about then. then we, you and me can have some Loki discussion. Oh, yeah. And uh, Nikki can't because she hasn't watched it. Don't pressure Nikki. me, all right? It's only been out for a few months. Yeah. Like, stop it. It's, all, it's <laughs> If you watched it now, you'd just be behind. That's not even a point. I am. 
have this uh, defiance disorder where, like, if you want me to watch it, then I can't. So uh-huh. if you really want me to do something, also, I don't. if we don't want you to watch it, I you also don't, don't watch it. Yeah. <laughs> you just watch rug cleaning. I know. I watch a lot of weird uh, YouTube videos, so yeah. I'm, I'm fine to be honest about that. Yeah. We've done you a favor by selecting the best of the worst and compiling it all in one place. Riot Podcast Radio U. A few days ago, I think it was this week, we talked about a new milk alternative. I think it was yesterday. Potato milk. Was it? Yeah. The days, the week has gone by. Uh, So potato milk is something that's more European. Yeah. And it's not as popular here, but it is... Like potatoes that you boil, and then you take the water, you mix it with some potato, like vanilla, maple syrup, like a sweetener. And then you have an alternative to like almond milk or regular moo-moo milk. Uh You know, they say uh, (laughs) you can milk anything with nipples. You can also milk anything you want if you just boil water with it and run it through a cheesecloth. That's apparently what it is because they said that, man, they were shaming like even milk alternatives. Because they said almond milk's not good because yeah. you're taking too much water. Yep. Uh, and everybody's in oat a drought. Milk. Oat milk was too much land. Because of oats. Yep. Like, and uh, too what, much CO2 from real milk. So <laughs> there's just always something. So there's one more alternative in case we wanted to try and maybe potato milk wasn't your thing. And this one, when you think potato milk, you think that doesn't sound good, at least to me, even though I love potatoes. Mm-hmm. So maybe we're missing out. But for this... Corn milk. Oh, that actually sounds good, doesn't Dude, it? Dude, we like sweet corn. Actually, I like sweet corn Pringles. Oh yeah. Uh, so, oh no, those are great. So those I are think really I like great. sweet corn too. Yeah. Uh, but basically, you take sweet corn and you boil it and kind of make what they call a corn stock. Uh huh. And you can use that to make milk as well. I, I really like. Uh, I didn't realize because Nikki found this article and she was reading it to me a little bit off the air, and she said. I already always milk the cobs. And <laughs> That's I what thought, they say in the, Oh, you thought I was I, saying it? What does that say to you? That, That's not me. You, that you said, I already nope. always milk the cobs. And I thought, I didn't even give it a second thought. I was like, yep, Nikki I'm just sure milks. She, does. she milks the cobs. No, that is what she does. That's from the article. Because no, I, I told him the person who wrote this article is like really pro corn. Because they're like, <laughs> they, what did they say at the end? They say corn milk tastes exactly like how you hope it would. Creamy and corny. It's sweet, <laughs> but only as sweet as your corn. Perfect for baking and cooking. Like it's really, Jeez, is really this, into it. Yeah. Is this written by uh, Del Monte or I something? Don't like, I don't know. This person is assuming a lot about normal people because I'm not milking corn on the cob and I don't do anything besides eat the corn. I don't know what milking the cob even means, but... Well, that means, I I think, cutting all the corn off. Because, you know, like, if you have corn the first time, you if like, you reheat it, or if you want to have it again, you you take a a knife and you go down the side of it, so it's Uh then just corn, like... Uh, pieces it's not on the cob it looks like uh that you're like cutting it with a knife and getting some of the juice out of the cob part oh. and that's very sweet also so you can't just eat a cob gosh there's so much pressure i eat that's all we do we're just eating corn i didn't know we're supposed to do everything yeah. else we're just not getting the most out of our corn Think of it as athleisure for your ears radio U's worst of the riot podcast It's a good thing the Riot isn't a part of a subscription service. We have a feeling people only listen because it's free. This is The Riot on Radio U. It is The Riot on Radio U, 8772-RADIO-U. It is a new music Friday, 
And we have a new winner. That is Carrie in Fort, Fort Myers, Myers, Florida. Congratulations. I uh, got the download for Paradise Now. We Never Die is their new album that's out today. And when you hear Paradise Now, ask and tell you. Ask is the nice way. <laughs> <laughs> Suggest to you that you text the word Paradise to 877-2-RADIO-U. The seventh texter will get the download of We Never Die from Radio U. And there are tons of chances to win all day today. Yep. If you want to know more, RadioU.com slash contest. Now, Nikki, how does this sound to you? Mm-hmm. Oak Meadow Ranch. It's in Valley View, Texas. Nice. About an hour north of Dallas. They Good have, location. Yep. They have over 60 or nearly 60 animals, uh, different species that live there from uh- lemurs kangaroos, camels, sloths. Is it like an animal sanctuary? Uh, Yeah. And they also have a steakhouse that offers a five-course meal. How does that sound? What's on the five courses? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Wait, time, what are you thinking? Well, one time I went to a turtle sanctuary, uh-huh. and then at the end, you could have turtle soup. Uh-oh. It wasn't that Uh-oh. type of... It wasn't the sanctuary that innocent Nikki thought it was. <laughs> it was they understood that some of the t- some of the turtles had to pay the ultimate price so that some could also live. Oh. And uh, so they sold like turtle meat. Uh-huh. But that, they didn't tell you until you were done. Some must die end. so that the rest may live. And that was that was upsetting to me, mm-hmm. to say the least. Uh, so I wasn't sure like what's what's on the menu. So <laughs> would you eat lemur, kangaroo, oh, no, camel, no, I, no, any of it? No, I wouldn't. Why not? Why would I? Why would you eat a cow? I don't want to. But you do, right? <laughs> That's just the the only option. And mine are the old ones no, you that can eat are ready beyond to go meat. anyways. You can eat beyond meat. <laughs> no, I did that and no for a animals while. are harmed. <laughs> just poor, poor soybeans. <laughs> 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 but I do like going to, uh, you know, like the drive through animal parks yeah. or like the sanctuaries to kind of see, especially animals you're not used to seeing. Yeah. Well, this one, it is actually not, as far as I know, serving up the animals that <laughs> the are in the sanctuary. The, what makes it unique is you get a five course meal which i'm sure that's a very affordable along with at the end you can interact with 12 of their different species that they have including they definitely want you to know you can hang out with the sloths after your five course meal or even Mm -hmm. uh you don't even have to get the five course meal if you just spend the night and they will bring the animals to you oh but you can stay i feel like listen i'm used to having my doggies in bed at night Uh i would like a sloth please bring me something i bet you they would be cuddly don't you think i think so i mean don't they have the nails though yeah that's true (laughs) and i think they usually they generally sleep in trees i think Mm -hmm. so i mean maybe there's different kinds of sloths but i think they mostly because that's the only place they're safe. If you're walking that slow on the ground, yeah. you're going to get eaten by um, an alligator or a hungry human. you so, got to be prepared. Yeah. Now, Maria just texted, said, I've eaten camel. It's like overcooked pork. Uh, Yum. Hmm. And it just, just sounds Actually, delicious, doesn't it? There is a, uh international market nearby that I know does have camel. Oh, they do? I went through a little phase, and I guess I'm still in it, but not as much. Where I wanted to try different types of exotic meats. Yeah. And I didn't really... If we really... can't travel, we can at least eat like yeah. we do. <laughs> uh, just see, like, you know, because we like pork, we like beef. What if they? we like chicken? What if there's other animals that are just as tasty or even more so? We don't know about it. So did you try it? I've tried kangaroo. Kangaroo. It was disappointing. Yeah. It that... was very uh, gamey, I guess you could say. Tough. So I wasn't... Uh, it almost had like a... Like, 
ground beef or ground pork, but then it had a kind of fishy almostness to it. Not the salt, but yeah. just like kind of, you know how fish just has that like stank a little bit to it? Sure. And uh, the, the, the well, kangaroo kind of had a stank. We know Hudson's thoughts on fish, yeah. so we won't ask. Um, <laughs> and then what else have I tried? That was that was the most unique one. I had a kangaroo burger. That was it. Yeah. And and then I was like, you know what? Actually, it's not that good, so I guess I won't try anymore. Hamburger it is. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just go back to that. So they yeah. say this ranch... Um, has like axe throwing and like hiking. So you can, I'm sure they do weddings and stuff like that. But yeah. if you wanted to, you could hang out with the animals too. I wonder if they let you eat a lemur if you asked. I, all I know is like, I wish I, I don't think it's open anymore, but someone had sent me a place, I think somewhere in like the mountains of the South or something okay. of uh, a place where they just, bears would just walk around. Uh-huh. And, and then so you, you got to eat them? No, I mean, <laughs> I don't think you did. <laughs> I mean, maybe they didn't promote that point of it if they got too close, but it was just a hotel, like some small sort of boutique sort of hotel, uh-huh. and they would have bears and they'd be on the porch. Yeah. And you could just sit there with your morning coffee. Well, that sounds safe. Yeah, well, I mean, those were, I think they were okay. They're probably feeding them marshmallows <laughs> oh, or something okay. on the there side, so they were good, but this sounds fun too if you're yeah. ever in, in Texas. Don't say we didn't warn you. This is the worst of the riot. Sam from Paradise Now here on this New Music Friday. Sam, good morning. Good morning, Sam. How are you doing? Good morning. Well, good afternoon for the UK resident. You're right. Sam is in Wales, so he's ahead of time. Today is our New Music Friday for the new album from Paradise Now, which we have been eagerly waiting for for a very long time. So make sure you listen all day to Radio U for your chance to win a download of We Never Die starting today from Paradise Now. And uh, so, I've, Sam, I want to start off with this because we know you guys are from Wales, and I'm always curious. I'm a Canadian, so every time I see somebody from Canada in, like, American news or, like, when Jim Carrey's doing well, it makes That's me feel choice. good. It's yeah. my pride. Uh, yeah. Who do you have pride in, in in Wales? Besides yourself, of course. Ah, uh, yeah. It's, it's the... The barrel is quite small. I think. Um, the only one I can think no, of, well, I always think of, is a Tom Jones. Is that the guy? Yeah, yeah Tom Jones. Yeah, he's still going. Like, he's got to be like ninety percent silicon by now. Um, but uh, yeah, and there's the 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 standard one at the moment is Gareth Bale. He's a famous footballer. There you go. Um, but there's, I, I guess, the rock scene is quite big. There's bands like Holding Absence. I don't know if you guys have heard them. They're quite a new up-and-coming band. Um, but yeah, it, that, I guess Gareth Bale would be the main guy at yeah. the moment. See, Hudson, uh, what you don't realize oh. is when everybody asks this question outside of Paradise Now, they're saying them. Right, I know. The space is <laughs> wide open Jones. for you guys That's to carry it. the whale's flag. Did you come up with another That's one? It. I did, sorry. The uh, the actor who plays Elton John in um, Rocketman. Oh, Taron, Taron is it Edgerton? Edgerton? Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a Welsh guy. Yeah. He's from Kingsman, too. So, so oh we yeah, like the Kingsman. Like yeah. Uh, I didn't know yeah. he was from Wales. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Well, now we now we have somebody to root for. <laughs> well, I was going to mention yeah. <laughs> last time Paradise Now was in studio with us, which seems like forever ago because it's been a while since you guys have been here in America. Oh. Um, you were the guys that also <laughs> like Top Gear, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the, we're, we're obsessed. I think, I think that was like. 
50% of our bonding experience with a lot of Americans was kind of talking about Top Gear. Um, yeah, we love it. And there's like the Grand Tour now as well. Mm-hmm. Um, they just announced there's a new one. Um, and yeah, I, I could talk, I need to talk about music more than I need to talk about Top Gear. <laughs> well, I was going to mention because the lockdown from the Grand Tour starts today. So like that's, we can start watching it today. And then when I was watching, Jeremy Clarkson has like a, a farming show. I watched like the first couple yes. episodes and I kept thinking Paradise Now, like I wish you had a watch show that we could watch it all together. Yeah. And I kept wishing that. But that. Next time we come over, we should just do like a Top Gear marathon with all of you guys. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I was like, I, I saw the announcement about that, the lockdown episode. And um, we, we, me and Nathan and our wives had recently just done a road trip to Scotland as well. So we were really excited about that. But then also the fact that it's going to be released on our album. Release like, day. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big day. Whammy. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's called, because it's, uh, it. it's Lockdown, L-O-C-H, down. So not like ah, L-O-C-K. So there that's you go. for the Grand Tour. Very clever. <laughs> <laughs> so today, but first today comes Paradise Now before anything else. Right. Uh, so just a reminder, mm-hmm. be listening for Paradise Now to tell you to be the seventh texter all day today to get a download of We Never Die, which is finally out today. Woo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, Sam, tell us about the new album. It's your debut full-length release. And when you put together like a full album, especially when it's your debut, I want to know, like, what do you hope people get out of it as you finally put out a full album? Like, what is the full story behind it? Yeah, I, I mean, this is this is new ground for us. I mean, straight off the bat, I'm like, I just hope that they listen all the way through. <laughs> but um, no, I, I'm excited. I hope that they see. So it's it's quite. It's been we we kind of started the process almost like three years ago. Oh wow! So wow. It spanned yeah, it spanned three years of writing and recording. Um, we did it in such a Mickey Mouse way of just doing, like it's, it's, it's been recorded here, there and everywhere over the space of a few years. And um, so hopefully that the chronological time translates to the album and you kind of can see the journey that we've been on um, through it. Um, but yeah, like one of the big things for us is just um, like, yeah, we just hope that people feel hope as they listen to it because um, yeah grow, growing up listening to rock and metal music is i i loved it um but i just couldn't get over how kind of dark <laughs> stuff is uh, dark dark lyrics are and um and and yeah we just want to want to still have that cool vibe of heavy music being you know really meaning something and um and going deep but full of hope as well. Um, I know we really enjoyed, we really enjoyed the writing process and it's been an amazing journey for us, but we're just, we're just so proud to get it out there and hope that people enjoy it. Oh, we're mind. excited today. And <laughs> yes. again, like I said, it's more important than the grand tour or anything else today. <laughs> Paradise now has a new music Friday today. So be listening. Uh, the album, it's amazing. We might've already heard it already. Uh-huh. <laughs> and of course we just, we really love the new song too. I hope it never ends. So I, I think that's just a, a good jumping off song for people to get excited to the, to finally have the full album out. Mm. Well, thank you yeah, so much. That's, that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> 
I think Hudson was like, yes. Yeah, and uh, Sam is like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> We're all super, super excited for favorite. today. Are you guys going to do anything fun today? Or I know like in some parts of the world, everybody's still more, more locked down or in or free to do whatever. But I didn't know if you have any other plans for the promotion today. Um, yeah, we're, we're, we're all hanging out. We've, for the last few months, we've been renting a studio space and doing a lot of the work together, which has been amazing after, you know, almost a year of being separate and having to work, you know, via Zoom and Google Drive. It's been nice to be in the room together. Um, uh, but so we're having a big kind of hangout. My parents are going to come down and see. Uh, they're not overly keen on the music, but they want to support us anyway. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so we're just going to have a big kind of party all with the with the whole Paradise Now team and family. Yeah. Nice. Well, yeah. we'll play I Hope It Never Ends. Uh, Sam, thank you so much for joining us in yeah, Wales. thanks, man. And thanks for taking time today. And like we mentioned, New Music Friday. Be listening all day for your chance to win a download. We Never Die is out today from Paradise Now. We would say rate and review the podcast. But uh, let's be honest, that would probably hurt more than hell. The worst of the Riot podcast. Have you seen the trailer that came out yesterday for House of Gucci? I did. I watched it. Yeah? I did. Did you just do it on your own or did you do it for the show? I did it for the show because <laughs> I thought you might ask about yeah. it. And I thought maybe I should at least see it. It's funny because it's not like House of Gucci. It's literally about Gucci, like the fashion brand and yeah. the behind the scenes, I guess, the family with it. Uh, I guess there's a big story behind that. I didn't know. But it's not the type of thing just on its face that you would think we would be interested in or talk about. But you see the uh, cast of the movie, and it is very impressive. Uh, Adam Driver and Lady Gaga are the stars. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Al Pacino, Salma Hayek. There's a whole long list. And most of the rest of the cast, I think, is like, you know, older actors or whatever. They're playing the Italian family. But then the thing that really got people talking and got us interested was Jared Leto yeah, and looks, what he looks like in the film. So he, every time I see him, I never see him in a movie that he looks like him. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know why he always picks these roles where I think... There is no look that's him because he's always changing it for he's a always, movie. I feel like he, awards come to when you change your look so yep. much for something, like when someone gains a lot of weight for a role yep. or they lose a lot of weight and... Um, or put on a fat suit sometimes. Just, yeah. <laughs> like, it must have been really hard, so here's a an Oscar yeah. sort of thing. But he looks really different in it. He look. I can't even, I was trying to come up with, to describe, if you haven't seen the trailer yet, a, another person that he looks like, mm-hmm. and I can't do it. Can't figure it out. You, can you think of anybody that looks, he's got a bald, he, like his hair is out at the front of his head, sure. but he's got a little at the back, but then his hair is long. Like down to his shoulders, kind of, and it's and he's old well, looking. He's, playing, he's got like liver spots and stuff. He's playing the character, so wouldn't he right. look like how that person really looked in real life? Yeah, but who knows? Like we didn't even know there were Gucci people. Did you? I, don't, I didn't know. I don't know if we're the target for no. Gucci people. So I don't think our audience is either. Yeah, so I think they were really banking on us being like, "Yeah, that's great. I really want to see it now." Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I feel like if I watched the trailer, I watched enough. You think I? I I have the feeling, and you brought up a great point because it is so Oscar baity yeah, that once the Oscars like do it. come around, I'm probably going to wind up watching it. And it, it actually legitimately does have something that looks interesting to me. Just 
it, just because it looks weird, kind of. And well, I, I'm also always into weird movies. I know Jared Leto, like he he's a real method actor, it feels like. Yes, I, absolutely. I don't mind Adam Driver. I think he's a good actor, too. But um, Adam Driver, he did a Burberry ad campaign. Okay. And that was trending a few days ago because it is weird. <laughs> At the end, he turns into a centaur. And <laughs> Spoiler uh, alert. No, it's not a spoiler. You got to know. Like, I can't. Look at him now. After watching that that leaked commercial, yeah, like it's so. Are, is it? Are they taking themselves seriously with it or what? It, if but, it's a cologne commercial, oh, didn't you say it was cologne? It is. I'm going to have you watch it after this. Yeah, people need to watch that first. <laughs> then the, the trailer for then the, Jared Leto doesn't seem so weird after it all. Doesn't. But I feel like why would Adam Driver do that? Mm-hmm. Um, so I I can't watch the Gucci movie because it has it has all that. So. I was just I just thought my initial thought with Jared Leto was like. He doesn't look good in the movie. Well, now you're offending the person he's (laughs) portraying. Why do you got to meet me? I don't know. I just, it's not a great look. It's called an old person. What do you think? Oh, you can be an old person and look different than that. (laughs) Like, you don't have to choose that hairstyle and stuff. But (laughs) I just thought about him walking around like that. You know, while he was filming the movie, and I'd be like, wasn't he embarrassed? But then it's like, nobody knew he was Jared Leto because he was so unrecognizable. Really into character. And, uh, yeah, they just wouldn't know, so it's fine. So, anyways, House of Gucci coming to a theater near you. (laughs) The definition of insanity is putting the riot on again and again and expecting a better result. It's the worst of the riot on Radio U. So, uh, we've got Isaiah... Mr. News and Traffic in the studio here to, uh, I want to ask you, what is more interesting to you? The NBA draft and Russell Westbrook getting traded to the Lakers or all of the flurry of activity in the baseball world with uh, the trade deadline? You see, for for me personally, I'm more of an NBA guy than MLB guy at this point, since okay. the Indians just aren't having the year that I was really was uh-huh. hoping for. Yeah. But the new the, to be Guardians, yeah, yeah the new to be Guardians, <laughs> yes. But the MLB for the trade deadline, this is like the craziest one they've ever had. Yeah, pretty I much. think so too. I saw like six All Stars, I think, have been traded along with like the former Cy Young winner from last right. year. So it's been really crazy for baseball comparatively. So to the trade deadline in the past, which hasn't been nearly this wild. Yeah, is and wait, is this right? The trade deadline is technically tomorrow? Yeah. So there's still the rest of today and all of tomorrow, where, or at least most of tomorrow, where trades can still be happening. It can still keep going, and if it does, I mean, it literally will be the craziest one they've ever had. Yeah. So that's the last point, that they could trade players that they don't want anymore? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> what it uh, oftentimes happens is there's the teams, Nikki, that are like... The teams that are complete competing to win to make it into the playoffs and get to the World Series, and there's the teams that know they're out of it already this sure. year, and so they will get rid of their players that are either uh, older, more expensive contracts, or if their contracts are about to expire at the end of this year, anyways, then they'll just trade them away to get something for them. And the teams that are trying to win the championship this year, they're willing to give up their future picks and prospects and whatever because. Uh, they just for a guy who's only going to be around possibly till the end of the season because they really want him to win this year. I see. And so the big trade was the Dodgers uh, traded for Max Scherzer and Trey Turner from the Nationals, and that's one of the biggest deals we've ever seen. They're both top ten. Like Max Scherzer is a top ten pitcher, and Trey Turner is a top ten fielder hitter. Uh, so the Dodgers are all of a sudden even more stacked than they already were. They probably already had another two or three top ten guys already. 
So that is it, it, it almost takes the fun out of it, don't you think? <laughs> it it does, especially when teams are willing cuz and the MLB, there's no salary cap. Yes, so that's the problem. It is the problem, especially. Oh, since, like the hockey thing with the yes. one guy. Right, oh. you can you can assemble a team as much as you are willing to pay. Oh. Where in, in every other real major sport, they put a limit. Yeah, so that you don't have the Dodgers in this case. They have all the money in the world, and they can outspend everybody. Sure. Even uh, so, that a team like the Reds. Uh, in Cincinnati, as much as as good as they may be at the moment, they, they can't, can't afford the players. yeah they can't afford yeah. to pay the people. It makes it really hard for smaller market teams in baseball to win, like Cleveland and Cincinnati, when they're going up against the Yankees and and the Boston Red Sox and the Dodgers, who will year in and year out spend way more money. Yeah. I mean, the Yankees are a total culprit of it. They pretty much pay everyone on their team as much as they want, yeah. just so they can stack it up. You know, which news, is you know it's how, how it is. The good news is the Yankees are pretty terrible they at are. picking their players. <laughs> they are, but they pay they them. Out, love out. guys. They pay them. Yes, they do. They pay them a lot to strike out. Yeah. I think they get a million dollars per the times that they strike out at the plate. Well, now so. I know if I was a baseball player, I'd want to go there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're not expected to do much, just you know, get paid. Yep, if you can just kind of lumber around the bases, uh, if and you ever do happen to hit a home so run. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the Yankees would love to have you. Okay, so the trade deadline, though, you said is tomorrow? It's actually tomorrow, but tomorrow. this, like, like we've said, this is one of the craziest uh, weeks leading up to the trade deadline we've ever seen. So one last question. Do you think a player knows when they're like... Or, do, or is this like they don't they don't see it coming, or uh, most, do they mostly f- know that it's it's something that might most happen? Most of the bigger players, uh, they idea. know that it's coming, especially if their contract is up. And and frankly, a lot of them are happy to leave because again, they're going to have to to move and find a new team at the end of the year, anyways. So they might as well ride out the rest of this season with a team that actually has a chance of winning the championship instead of just playing in uh, you know Pittsburgh in front of fans that aren't really excited and. You're losing every time. Tim just texted. He says, I need to watch Moneyball. This was the worst of the riots. And we'd like to congratulate you on having the stomach to stick around to the very end. The riot exists because Radio U exists. And Radio U only exists because of your support. Find out more and give now at RadioU.com slash donate. episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. Atlanta's more than just it's and a lot of Like Salesforce Customer 360 is more than a CRM for sales teams. It unites your marketing, sales, commerce, service, and IT teams around a shared view of your customer. So you can understand what makes them and how to keep them. Salesforce, we bring companies and customers together. Go to salesforce.com slash customer 360. All right, impromptu, nerdfensive, I was like, is that the name? Yeah, that's our name. Nerdfensive yes. Podcast. We got Session, Milk, Skelly, Kittens, all involved tonight. Uh, it was a 
impromptu podcast that we decided to just start because we were rambling on about all the things that are going on right now in the gaming industry. Big state thing. gaming. Yeah, state of gaming. Big thing right now is the Activision lawsuit that has, I mean, literally snowballed in the past few days uh, Crazy, into something bigger, which I, I think it's been interesting because it started out like, okay, here's this lawsuit that's going against Activision with a lot of serious accusations that are backed up by accounts and evidence and witnesses. Um, but heavily around the, uh, around sexual harassment, around the treatment of women and, uh, toxic work environments. And, and it's not like light stuff either. It's not like hazing and stuff like that. It's like it's some pretty dark stuff. Like you go out there and you can read it on your own. You can read the stuff that the state of California has put out there, uh, and read it at your own risk because it is very, some of it's very graphic. Um, but it brought up the conversation of the quality of, well, the state of gaming. I mean, we had this conversation in Discord today where a lot of us have, you know, kind of made the decision right now we're going to uninstall our Activision games and not really play them. Um, but then you've got other people that are making sound arguments where you don't want to punish the innocent people like the devs who work on the games because a lot of these accusations were for the higher ups and the executives and management. Um, so it's like it's this catch 22 where you don't want to support the company that and and you know give them money but at the same time you don't want to hurt company yeah support the people exactly exactly and you know somebody put it out on tiktok today um a very good argument she's a person that works in the gaming industry um and her argument is that you know if you know you start backing off your support as far as buying the games and content and stuff then companies just look at metrics so they're going to start firing people and the people that are going to go first are people that have strikes against them or people that are probably already being marginalized um, by the company. It's an excuse for them to get rid of people. For, for mm-hmm. one, one thing you got to look at, though, with that, um, I understand, you know, hitting them where it hurts in their wallet and all that stuff. But with a company like Activision, you have to think about two to three years ago when they reported a their highest grossing profits ever in yeah. company history. Ever. And laid off a couple hundred people in yeah. the same week. And their executives so, got like multi-million dollar bonuses. Yeah. Bonuses. So, you know, I understand, you know, not wanting to, you know, hurt the innocent, you know, devs and all that stuff. But Activision doesn't care either way. Yeah. They're making money and still firing people. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I think. And then part of the conversation that we were having before this was that, um, you know, Blizzard, like we've you know, most of us here have been Blizzard fans for a long time. I mean, we played mm-hmm. games from the beginning, um, all the way back to like the DOS days. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> no, seriously. Like, you know, no, you know Lost what? Vikings and original Warcraft and what? I mean, yeah, uh, I mean, a bunch of those. And, you know, Blizzard was a company that made games and they had a very strong belief system and values. And, you know, I think the gaming industry, you can look at when Activision took over the the shift in the quality of games and in the attitude of the companies mm-hmm. and activision is a very big greedy company uh, as we've seen um though. yeah very very and so i think you know we this is all speculation on our part but you know we've we've seen big people like chris metzen mike morheim um jeff kaplan like those guys leave blizzard and you can't help but to wonder if it's because activision took over and they didn't agree what was going on and they left because they couldn't do anything about it. They couldn't change anything. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, That's I mean, the problem nowadays because like honestly, the thing that gets me the most too, because like I'm also somebody who's like working at a company, and it's actually the same exact kind of culture where ultimately, you know, if you're like a lower rank person or your manager or whatever, you know, the people who are in like the presidential seats or vice presidents or chief, whatever that it is, like they're trying to do as little as they can to get the most money mm-hmm. in whatever efficient way possible, regardless of like what it, how it affects a product, and you know, at the end of the day as long as they're turning up a profit for themselves where like publicly it can be like described that way, then like they don't really care about how it goes, how it goes around. Yeah. You know, their only focus is just make money and by whatever means necessary. Yeah. Well, um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with uh, Simon Sinek. He's a, you know, speaker. Um, he's big on like corporate culture and stuff. And, and uh, he talks about that, like the why behind things. And you talk about cultures and, and when a company shifts from having a why that the people believe in, uh, the culture becomes toxic because it stops becoming about, you know, why we're doing this, who we're doing it for and how to like make the world better, make the culture better, make a product better. And it becomes about profits. You start cutting corners. You start doing things like that. And then you get in all these things like these principles of what's called Cobra Farms, where people will find a way to do something like in a, in a shady way to make money. Like the story goes that um, there was this village in, I think it was India, where uh, the, it was overrun with cobras. And people, the, the government said, okay, we'll start rewarding people by you going out and killing cobras and you bring us the cobras and we'll pay you for it. To like try to reduce the population of cobras. And what happened is they found that people, yeah, they found that people were breeding cobras. They were starting cobra farms to kill cobras to bring them to get money. So they found a way to make profit from it. So you ended up having a worse problem than before. So I think that's what happens in these cultures, in these corporations. It becomes about money. So your people are, like you said, you're cutting corners. You're creating these horrible cultures. And then you reward people based on how much money you do, not on how good of a product you make anymore or the culture and things like that. Yeah, because the thing about companies now is like it's not about offering us like something to buy. It's about something that we can like buy into where like the, the experience is the thing that ends up selling us into the experience exactly yeah. because like most of the days that if you play any kind of video game or watching kind of movie like you don't really care about like buying the movie for the sake of like owning it as like a movie you care about the experience that comes with watching said movie or playing said game so like if it offers you an experience where you can actually enjoy it then that's really the beauty behind why you're buying the product in the first place but of course like if the, the hands of the people who are crafting said product have like dirty hands and that's when it's like oh maybe we should probably like reconsider uh supporting the experience that comes with the product and dirty hands why, like... spread shit <laughs> it's true <laughs> you, you, that's how we that have this problem yeah you gotta think of this right exactly <laughs> but you got you gotta and that's all this is is a fucking pink eye in the gaming industry but you gotta think of it this way too like they have um and the, the fucked up part is their investors, their, you know, their board, they have people to answer to. So mm-hmm. if let's say, you know, God forbid, Rachel worked at Activision and she went to someone, let's say Jeff Kaplan was still there. And mm-hmm. she said, you know, Chris Metz and, and, you know, this is some, some other executive, you know, talked to her inappropriately, brought her in a room and touched her, you know, and then, you know, that CEO, Jeff Kaplan or whoever it was, you know, that she went to, he was like, oh, that CEO that she's accusing of doing this makes us so much money. Mm-hmm. 
we have to do something so no one sees what's going on. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. the bottom line is that CEO or that person that she's making that accusation is the one that's making the investors money. The investors don't care about what's going on behind the scenes. They only care about the profits. And at the end of the day, that CEO or whoever, you know, let's say Rachel went to, they have that decision. Do I make a, you know, do I let investors know that this is going on? And like they're seeing now, their stocks dropped 10% in the last week. Mm -hmm. That didn't happen three years ago when they were making millions upon millions of dollars because they didn't say anything. They were hoping it didn't get to this point and get out there. Yeah. And yeah. I think like the the sad reality of it is is that like at the end of the day greed is greed 100%. is king and um you know people corruption is is deep. I mean we see it in so many industries, the music industry, movie industry. Um The one saying money is the root of all evil. Yeah. And not and, even industry. Well, you don't even have to take it that far. Yeah. You can even go to small businesses because True. I mean I worked for a company nameless for several years and i brought to the attention some sexual harassment and they didn't do anything about it yeah yeah i remember that and i ended up and i ended up leaving a few months later i uh i just looked up uh nameless is not a company (laughs) (laughs) um yeah no i i remember that because like it was you know it's it's interesting until you're like in the situation um but I remember like, even as like your friend, like I was so upset when I found that out and they just didn't do anything about it. They, I mean, but, H went to HR, went to everything and it just nothing. Nobody said anything. But, but see, that's, uh, and I'm not trying to put anyone on the spot or not trying to cause any issues for anyone. But what we just saw Rachel say is one of the big problems is this happened at a company I worked for. I'm not going to say the name of the company so it can continue. Yeah. Well, that's the big issue. Yeah. Is a lot of people say that I don't want to cause problems for myself, so I'm not going to say anything. And that's what causes that to continue happening. I mean, the problem with like a giant company in any other case scenario is that anybody who is of like a lower rank, let's say they're always afraid about trying to cause some kind of attention on themselves because they want to try and state a sense of feedback or opinion. And when you think that the repercussions might actually backfire against you for saying like, hey, this situation is happening and it needs to be addressed. Like if you if you say something like that, then more often than not the manager of that might just either like throw under the bus and be like you know what who cares i don't because like it doesn't involve me right. or even worse off yet you know you might end up getting fired because you're trying to report somebody yeah. who was a higher up also like, have to think of it this way it's my word against his yep right. that's the other exactly. tough part and, and the sad thing is i think the sad reality it is, is is that this happens and um these companies will spin it and again like you know in rachel's situation it's her word against the guy's word Big yeah. companies will spin it and destroy the reputation of that person. I mean, we've seen it happen. We've seen them right. spin it onto the person and destroy that person's life. And so, mm-hmm. you know, there there is that that um, one. I mean, as as I think a victim in any situation, um, there's always that fear that you don't want to cause yeah. more issue because you're already scared and hurt as yeah, it is. Exactly. Um, but then on top of that, like it, it it's tough. It's a tough place to be because. You have these few people that have come forward, and unfortunately, with the Activision stuff, one of the employees committed suicide, um, and, and, and they attribute it to to the yeah. you know to the harassment and stuff that they were facing, um, which that's the accusation right now, and that's the biggest. and that's the thing. It's like it's it's tough. I like know I'm how it affected me, yeah. and 
I can absolutely see that happen. It's not easy. Like it's, it, no. you can't imagine like for me, I'm the type of person that I, I will stand up against injustice because that's who I am. I'm also the type of person that doesn't care about causing issues as far as like trying to get positive results. Um, but there's still that concern. I mean, cause like, again, you know, companies I've been a part of that I don't agree with things that are happening. I will stand up and I've seen it where, you know, you start to speak up and, and you get moved around positions, get changed, yeah. things happen yeah. and, and you, you, you lose your influence. Yep. It's, like, yeah, I don't know. it's the corporate jargon. Yeah, and that's why it's always a constant I mean, I thing. noticed that after I had said something, well, things kind of changed for me. At that all company. companies are like this, though. No, agreed, no, agreed. No, and that's the problem. This and, is no. like, and then there's also... I mean, let's just say Rachel was lying. I'm not saying you are, but... No, 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 I get but it. Then she brings that up, and she's lying just to try to get money. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, there's people out there like Some that as well. Some type of benefit so, Which, it's yeah. hard to believe yep. unless if you're actually in that situation or see it yourself. So right. it's hard because everybody, like the um, the famous Wu-Tang Clan, casuals <laughs> everything around me. Yep. Cream. Oh, my God. Exactly. <laughs> but see, <laughs> the... Now, seeing the <laughs> activism <laughs> situation... Um, don't mean to cut you off, yeah, but you yeah. got to look at the other thing that you got to look at too is, like Milk said, one person can come forward trying to, you know, make a name for themselves or trying mm-hmm. to, you know, get money from it. But with the Activision thing, so many exactly. women over yes. years have come yeah. out. And That's said what I was going to say. Thing about the same executives, right? That and, and, and then that unfortunately, point, you have to be yep. like that's an issue. Unfortunately, for like a lot of things like this on the grander scale, um, I mean, when it comes to reputation, when it comes to anything, you know, you've you've got to. I think you've got to have enough evidence, obviously. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm sure the people have, you know, reputations, like they're reputable individuals. So it's like, well, this person's never lied before, so they must not be lying now. So now that you have a group that's come forward and people that are starting to stand forward, and that's the thing. Unfortunately, the case is sometimes it does take one person to finally step up and risk their life and reputation right. for others to join with them. Um, yeah. But now the, the action has begun. And I think the big thing, the big, the big thing that's going to be the kicker for this is that Activision's known about this. The executives knew about this. The head of Activision knew about it. And he chose a few years ago to not do anything about it, not do any internal investigations, not do anything. And that's what's going to fry their ass. I mean, and that's every company's problem mm-hmm. because they always think that, you know, if it's not being looked at, at least eventually the problem will just like weave itself out. Yeah. But then you realize it gets worse and it, it actually becomes like a standardized yeah. culture within the company that it only actually exacerbates and, from that point forward. And I will say, too, from experience, um, yeah, from experience, like, uh, you know, I know someone who worked at a company and stuff was happening in their department with their culture and everything. And the CEOs the CEO and the higher ups had no clue stuff was happening because middle management so often in companies from what I've seen is middle management is what the problem is where they're worried about performance and numbers. So they're going to do everything they can to cover it and hide it and make it look good because they don't want to look bad. They don't want to lose their reputations. They're going to hide all that and push it down. And so the people at the top think that culture think that the vision, the mission statement are being carried forward like it should be. And they don't know because they're, Unfortunately, the people below them are masterful when it comes to lying and painting the right picture. 
Yeah, because like really enough, they seem to be the ones that have all the power because they're the ones pushing the numbers to hire folks to explain in like a PowerPoint presentation or whatever about the charts and, you know, the happy satisfaction of the customer and the people who work at this company, et cetera, that it is like the higher ups, you know, presidents or what have you don't actually know what those numbers looks like. They're getting those reported to them to present for people to look at. And that's the problem, because like, for example, at my job, um, my director is being fed all the numbers from our managers and our managers are making up numbers on the floor on a constant basis just because that way the whole company like looks good so when we go on like live television on like cbs or, or you know some kind of stock news they're like oh yeah this company's making like a billion dollar profit when in fact we didn't even make like a tenth of that but like yeah. the whole perception is to create a sense of like attention to how great you're doing that it just looks like the culture is you know in a positive direction that right. the company can make money and people can be happy when in fact underneath all that like glue and tape the whole thing is in shambles optics you man mean to tell me what? bill gates could be broke <laughs> no but like like what session is saying though like i completely agree but in addition to that though is when companies like you said they have the meetings the ceos are being reported the numbers are being reported to them the only thing that's going on in those meetings is where are we at financially with this company yep. where's our profits how can we improve that it's they're never going into meetings saying this is what's going on with our personnel how yep. can we improve that yeah i uh you know it, it, this has happened in meetings um Cause like I'm very big on leadership and so I study leadership and, and a lot of stuff like that. I've been in it for years. And, uh, in one of our meetings, um, someone was like, uh, they, they were doing this whole thing. I don't even know where the topic came up from, but they were talking to our team and they're like, yeah, you know, it's not good if someone goes and like after meeting starts talking behind the, the person's back that was running the meeting, like their manager and starts saying things like, if you can't say it in the meeting, then like, obviously that's a problem with that person. I'm like, no, that's not a problem with the person. Like, yes, there are instances in which the employee could be the issue because they're a toxic individual, but if they don't feel comfortable enough to speak up to their supervisors in the meetings, that's a fundamental problem with culture because you've not created an environment in which you feel that your people can speak to a manager, speak in an open meeting freely and not out of disrespect, obviously in a respectful way, but bring up concerns, bring up issues. That is a fundamental problem with your culture and that's why your people aren't coming forward it's not because that person's toxic necessarily it's because you as a leader have not owned the fact that you might be a shit leader and you haven't created a culture and built a company and built a team that feels comfortable being able to share anything with you that was a pride thing Mm -hmm. oh absolutely there's also also people for instance i don't know if you guys know warren buffett Mm -hmm. yes all right, he's one of the richest men in the world. Mm-hmm. Oh, not the Margaritaville guy? It's no. Jimmy. That's Jimmy. <laughs> <I know. laughs> That's his brother. Large portions in Dairy Queen, Kraft, um, Coca-Cola, and he would be considered like a higher up. But do you think he actually has – like he has say in the company – do you think he knows what goes on the day to day? No, hell no. Yeah. Of any of the companies, yeah, no, because exactly. they're lying to him. He just wants to make his money, and that's literally it. And that's why he's worth the billion, you know, the hundred billion dollars that he's he's got in his pocket. But like, also, that's because like three hundred bill. He, he he pays he's people to worry. 
He pays people to worry about that, and those people are lying to him at the end of the day. Because they want money. Yeah. They want their yeah, bonuses. Want money too, yep. Because yep. he's the one that's giving them the paycheck at the end of the day. So yep. like whatever that it does to get them that paycheck and all that cash into their pockets, but, dude, they'll do whatever it takes. The same with the Koch brothers. But, but, They're all like the same. People, yeah. Like Warren Buffett and Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos, some of the richest people in the world, are probably really nice guys. And they donate a lots of money to charities and stuff like that. But if they learned about this kind of thing, it's just somebody has to go and tell and lose billions of dollars because they're telling this billionaire who signs their check, yeah. hey, this guy's, you know, touching my no-no square. <laughs> but then at the no same square. time, but then at the same time, what do you do when you have people like uh, Jeff Bezos who knows about the shit that goes on with his company like Amazon and hasn't done anything about it? problem is like how do you exploit a man with billions of dollars who will easily pay you as much as they yeah. need to put that under sure. the table yeah lex yeah, luther I mean, straight up exactly. <laughs> none of us have ran no no agreed i know yeah that has not a couple people you know i'm talking like thousands yeah, and thousands yeah. and thousands of people and there's gonna be scumbags oh yeah in, in there so it's it's hard to be like how do I know that this guy is telling the truth or this guy is telling the truth yeah. and vice versa? I'm also dealing with 10,000 other people that <laughs> I got to deal with, not just this one group. But, I mean, that's why it takes a lot of people to yeah. come up against these big companies because now you can't unsee it because there's yeah. hundreds of people saying, yeah, this guy's a fucking trash bag. Yep. What is it? It's like a, it, it comes in waves like this. You either die the hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Yeah, okay, pretty Batman. much. Right, and that's the problem though. See, because here's the thing: a lot of high end companies that exist around the world that are like making all this money and doing all this great stuff for the world. Like, if if there seems to be some kind of microscope or magnifying glass underneath that company for some kind of negative culture that exists, you know, in some way, shape, and form. It's always going to like resonate and affect that person, even if, like Mark said, there may not be any affiliation with the person at all, or there is a ton. You know, it's it's never you can never really tell until the news actually catches yeah. people in the crop. I think that. at the at the end of the day, especially with big corporations like Activision and, and like Amazon or whoever it is, I think ultimately the measure of um, character should be how the company responds and takes care of its people. Because like Milk says, I mean, you're always going to have trash bags that get involved. You're always going to have people in some level of management that are just evil, rotten people because that's humanity. Um, mm-hmm. But the big thing, the big thing to Activision, I'm waiting to see that's how they handle how they handle this, because that's going to be a true test of character is how you respond to negative situations. Are they going to do their due diligence, properly investigate, take care of their people, protect the victims and then implement things that are systemic change to help people and prevent it from happening again. Cause the old, the unfortunate thing is it has happened. Now the question is, how do we keep it from happening again? How do we protect our people? How do we create safe environments uh, for people to work in? And how do we rebuild the trust of not only the employees, but of the consumers? Um, you know, I think, I think so. That's the big thing. I I'm a firm believer of everybody deserves a second chance. We make mistakes. We screw up. And, you know, these companies are going to make mistakes. So the question is, how are they going to respond? What are they going to do? And that's going to determine for me as a consumer where I put my money and where I put my trust in the companies. So obviously more so for the employees since they work there. It's their living. 
especially because like we're, we're talking about like a gaming industry right where like they have like a massive impact in the world and community of people who are like you know live streaming their games buying their dlc content and and continuously streamlining their games that way there's like marketing and everything for it right like mm-hmm. we're not talking about like a supermarket where it's like food or, or something we're talking about like a I mean, you a, could talk about something like that look at um uh was it like coca-cola mm-hmm. be less white you guys I mean, heard of that? No. Yeah. Yep. I, oh, yeah. I don't think I have. Yeah, there was a Coca-Cola. I think this was uh, a couple months back that they were under backlash because <laughs> Coca-Cola was, was saying to the employees, be less white. They were like reverse racism. Oh, gosh. I don't know how to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's like cancel culture in a Jeez. weird way. Trying yeah. To... yeah. It was weird, yeah. real weird. Like try to like psychologically infer you to act a certain way so that it appeals to certain type of people. It was really bizarre. That but, like, sounds it bizarre. <laughs> it was very bizarre. It, it backlash from them significantly, and they were like, "Yeah, let's just like not do that again." Because, like, <laughs> we're just gonna not talk about that anymore. Let's yeah. just uh, shift gears. on the Activision ship, though, the thing is that like people are gonna come back to this game. People mm-hmm. want to find a reason to say to themselves, like, "The game is fun. I enjoy it." You know, besides the actual internal gaming issues that the game has as a whole, you know, there's other things that I want to tackle as well that make the game like enjoyable for me. But people are not playing the game, not only because we've got freaking hackers and crap around, but also because like Activision is publicly being attacked with this lawsuit thing involved. And it's it's even deferring players more so away mm-hmm. than ever before because now people are blowing it up like crazy you know like the girl from tiktok that you mentioned now we got freaking wall street journal out here all these other news articles are saying like this top-notch ceo who makes a billion dollars a day doing whatever that he does is his company's under fire for what's going on and now it's like he also just recently put a note out that was talking about what steps they're going to be taking right but now it's a matter of will this action actually come into place you know yeah. what is the actual move will this actually take into effect can it be like a preventative measure because right now what they're doing is they're being very reactive and mm-hmm. that's the only way that they can address the situation firsthand. But, you know, after that first reactionary step, now it's to create a secondary proactive step where this kind of becomes a permitted measure again. And, like, sure, like, I think what they're going to end up doing is firing anybody who's ever been even given, like, a, an eye of a report about the possibility of some kind of harassment or, or whatever that it is. Because, obviously, you want to, like, weave out the bad people. That way they can try to bring in some new people. But that still runs the risk of, like, you know, how do we know that the new folks they bring in may not just repeat the same mistakes as the yeah. folks they got let go of? How do we know or, that they're not or, lying? Yeah. Or the, the folks the that they're getting rid of are actually nice people. Yeah. And the people were lying because right. that's the thing with yeah. thousands, you know, thousands of employees again is you have to take sides, but obviously they're going to take the side of, yeah, if this guy had said, hey, what's up, sexy? <laughs> yeah, he's going to be fired immediately just because that's. And, and yeah. it could have been like a very minor, subtle thing that was like even thrown as like a joke, where it's like an inside joke thing, and that can easily yeah. just be like, oh, point the finger at this person, let them know that this happened. Boom! All of a sudden, that person got let go for nothing. Yeah, and, and that's, that's where it gets really touchy and really sensitive. That like we're gonna have to trust that the company does the right thing the right way. Um, and mm. and we as consumers, that's where we have to step off because. Ultimately, like, we're not involved in it. It's like, it's kind of like when you have a friend that's in a bad relationship. Like, you're not in that relationship. Like, you can give them advice and stuff and your opinion, but ultimately, they're the ones that have to sort it out and make the decisions themselves. Like, you can't step in and, like, get rid of the bad girlfriend or boyfriend yeah, for them. Yeah, you 
<laughs> you need to leave. <laughs> Who the fuck are you? <laughs> you can, but you can, but again, yeah. <laughs> because that bitch is just gonna go right back. Yeah, you're gonna yeah. have like an airplane in the sky, seeing like they're not good for you, and then yeah. like, what's that? I mean, I have no idea. But yeah, so I mean, it's like it's it's not our place to determine who's telling the truth and who's not. That's obviously up to the companies, up to the people. Um, for the investigators yeah and that's what their jobs are and hopefully they do it properly um you know yeah i think so it's just unfortunate that we're in a culture that money talks and money, money talks. keeps quiet and cancel culture is something we have to be yeah. very careful of because we kind of talked about this a little bit before the podcast where on social media social media has enabled uh it, one it's it's good and bad it's this it's this you know two-sided coin where it's good that it's given people a platform where they can speak out, speak up, and get support. But it's also negative in a way in which people can rally mob mentality and make an accusation without any evidence. And people will take the word as it is and then completely destroy a person's reputation without even knowing the facts. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's good and bad. And I think that's what we got to be careful of now is cancel culture. Like, you know, oh, this person worked at Activision, so they must be a trash bag. Let's go ahead and destroy their reputation type stuff. So we got to be careful about and that. And even if they are found innocent, for instance, OJ. <laughs> I'm serious, though. He was found no, innocent. I know. I know. I know. Everybody, everybody <laughs> still thinks he's guilty. Is anybody you know on this, like, that watches this podcast old enough to know <laughs> OJ is? <laughs> I was going to say Michael jackson or yeah. you know, touching kids and stuff johnny but, I mean, depp he was found innocent i don't know anything well, we, about johnny oh okay depp. well then yeah never mind <laughs> but mm-hmm. but i mean those are big profile names oj and yeah and michael Jack- uh, yeah. jackson that they were found innocent but people are still you know they're still destroying them guilty. yeah yeah you, you, you know they're, they're you never recover from it our culture is so quick to accuse and to destroy, but it's so slow to apologize and rebuild. Of course, because nobody wants to ever make a mistake when they no. do it the first time. Nobody ever it's wants to admit that they're to, wrong. to be in the negative than it is to be in the positive. Like, and I, I mean, I'm sure people know from like personal experience, it's so hard to say, I was wrong. I'm yep. sorry. But yeah, if you can... There's so much liberation and freedom that comes with saying... I'm sorry. I was wrong. And, and and healing, but people don't want to do that because of pride and money and just whatever. That's always yeah. what it is today because like like you said, it's a it's a your reputation gets immediately destroyed if you start pointing fingers and then you realize you're just doing it for your own personal benefit and not for the actual sake of justice. Yeah. That people eventually are like, oh, so am I getting my hundred thousand dollars or no? Mm-hmm. And if they're like, no, then you're like, okay, cool. So like I'll just pretend like it didn't happen. And then before you know it, that person is no longer known for anything, period. Mm-hmm. In fact, it gets even worse now because people will actually start to find that person on social media. And then you've got like the threats, you've got the the shaming and all this other stuff. And it just blows up in their face on so many levels. Um, and that's just ultimately the way that it goes because our people, the people of the world just react in that specific manner. Of course, like if somebody can admit that they were wrong and apologize, then it's like, you know, a, a, a confirmation handshake that's like i get it you know like you were you were feeling yourself this way this is how it went down you know we, if you can forgive we can forgive and meet in, a, in the middle then like all is good but the problem is like nobody ever wants to do that without somebody saying sorry first you know you're always right. before you say it exactly yeah. so pride, pride. It always is always a constant 
conceptual issue. Um, yeah, I think so much. Us, yeah. It's like, well, no, they need to come to me and say they're sorry first. Why? Be the bigger person. Take the step. And even mm-hmm. if you believe you didn't do something wrong, take the step and just apologize. Yeah, if you, if you Sometimes you got to take the L. Yeah, man. Yeah, take the L or give them the L to hold on to. If you're like, yeah. listen, like, you're not a good person of a manager, and therefore, like, I don't respect you as a human being. So just like take what you can. Good luck. And like, I'm sorry that this is the situation you're in right now. And just like walk away. As long as you either do it that way or you apologize, like no matter what the case is, like getting closure is ultimately the best way to at least say like, for me, the situation is over. Whatever the precautions are, like I'm taking it and I'm just going to like move forward with my life because that way you can try to like, you know, bounce back from whatever that's going on. But people just don't do that until they get what they want. And that's what it is. So, so greedy. where where are you guys on the whole strike thing? Because I kind of mentioned it at the beginning. Um, and, like, obviously, there's no, like, right or wrong opinion on this, uh, you know, because I think we've seen a good argument to both sides of the argument here. Um, like, you know, for me, my initial reaction was um, I sent Warzone to the Gulag, so I uninstalled all my Activision games um, because I need a break from Warzone anyway. It, it, they need to fix the state of the game. They need to fix the cheating and all that stuff. Right. And I'm kind of, like, just going to take a break. Because there's so many other games that we're discovering right now. I mean, GTA Online, um, Splitgate, I want to get back into Apex, uh, New World. There's like so many fun games right now that we're having fun with that we're not raging about with Warzone. Um, right. And then I think with all the Activision stuff, I'm kind of like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a break anyway. And now's a good time and kind of to show support. But at the same time, there's that other side of it that's like, we don't want to hurt the devs and we want to make sure that we're still supporting the right. people that are innocent and put their hard work in. You got to look at it this way, though, a temporary, you know, stop or a temporary strike of Activision Blizzard to show them that the fans, the ones that are making them the money are serious about how their culture is and how they react to this. Um in the long run, it's not going to hurt the developers or the ones working on the games as much because, yeah, we're going to go back to playing. We're going to go back to buying the games to support those developers. But in the short term, we've already seen their stocks drop 10%. We're seeing that. And a temporary strike is going to show them that. It's not going to be long term, but I'm totally all 100% for it. Yeah. Like one of my friends messaged me and they were talking because, like, I had mentioned about uninstalling my games. And they message me and they're like, yeah, I wasn't sure. Like, I wanted to take a stand against it, but, you know, I wasn't sure if anybody else would do it with me um, or they'd be singled out or anything. I'm like, well, sometimes you just got to take the first step. Like, if it's something you believe in, as long as here's the thing, I'm, my thing is always like, as long as what you do doesn't hurt other people, like doesn't like hurt them in a negative, like bad way, like physically or something, you do you like your opinion is your opinion. So if you think that it's the best option, then protest in your way. Um you know, just I, I'm of the mentality, like, don't be militant. Like, if you're not doing this, you're wrong. And I hate you. Like, right. you know, yeah. so again, and sometimes it takes one person like in this situation to be bold and make the first step um, coming forward. Uh, you know, whether it's that like being the first of your friend group to say, you know what, guys, I'm going to take a stand and I'm going to uh, I'm going to I'm going to boycott. I'm going to, you know, strike or whatever it is. Um, some people will follow you. Some people won't. And that's OK. But you're opening up the avenues for those around you to, one, start the conversation, become aware, and then hopefully make an educated decision on how they want to address the situation. Because eventually, listen, eventually at some point in life, you're going to face something in your personal life where you have to make a stand. You have to make a choice. And so if we learn how to do it as a group, as a culture, as a society now, 
when we face those personal issues ourselves, hopefully it becomes easier for us to deal with those struggles, deal with those times. And then also because we've built the the community, the trust with our friends and those around us, when we're facing those struggles, when they're facing their struggles, we can come alongside them and support them because we've been through it together on a different scale, at a different time, in a different situation. And then it's less chaos and it's more community. It's more guided um, and hopefully easier to navigate. So, yeah, it's my soapbox. I didn't uninstall it. That's right. Well, you're wrong. <laughs> no, I mean, no, but I yeah, you didn't uninstall it. I'm not so. lie. I didn't uninstall yeah, it. Yeah, no, and that's totally fine. I'm not, yeah. I'm, the only reason I'm not playing it is because, not because of the accusations, because of the the game. It's just filled with hackers. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah, see, so that's and exactly I love the I game. And I'm going to buy the next Call of Duty because I love Call of Duty. Ugh, unless it's, it's World War II. I'm still on the fence about that. So, I mean, it, the thing I want to just like, in... um, like I was but... saying before, it's just like Michael Jackson. Yeah. People yeah, still it, buy it, his shit, yeah. still listen to him, even though most or the majority of people are like, yeah, he touched kids, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so true. Short, a pretty simple. Yeah. The short yeah. boycott so... is, is a short boycott. Yeah. If you want to boycott something, Get rid of it, yeah, and, and all you know. If they release a trailer for the game of like Vanguard, and they're like, "Yo, here's a new trailer for Call of Duty." I'm pretty sure a bunch of people are like, "You know what? It's all forgiven because it looks like a great trailer." You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. they better not do that though, because honestly, it's oh, going to it's gonna backlash significantly. Yeah, you mean release it like now during all this? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, like, they never right know. Now, they yeah, could be like, "Hey, yeah, here's yeah, a carrot. Yeah. Go over there." I mean, it's it's coming out, yeah, relatively soon. Yeah, so, so I mean, will, I wouldn't be, be surprised, up. but that might just be horrible timing on yeah. that part. Interesting point, <laughs> though, Milk, what you're saying, like with the Michael Jackson stuff, like I, I had this conversation with some people, you know, when all that stuff went down years ago, like even again, at the end of the day, we don't know because we're not involved in that situation personally, whether or not it was true or not. You know, we only know what the media tells us and what we see from the outside. But at the end of the day, you can't take away the accomplishments of that individual. Like that That's man true. literally yeah. changed the face of music and history. And there's no argument that he is not a hyper talent or was a hyper talented individual. Like that man what, was a what performer. About somebody like uh, um, Weinstein. Oh, Harvey Weinstein? Yeah. He was in jail? Yeah. The thing That's... is that, like, he not only, okay, so he, he was known for doing what he did, but the thing is, like, he got accused significantly with confirmation that this was proof yeah. that there's all this happening. Right. So, like, all, all of the evidence actually pertained to it being confirmed. And eventually yeah. he was like, yes i did this and then that's why they put him in the position that he's in and his thing too was he it's not that he was just like sexually harassing women he was using it in the aspect of if you don't do this yeah you're not gonna work yeah like he any any kind of beneficial advantage he can gain from it was what right. he was yeah. using it for. Now again, in you know, I mean, yeah, but are you going to stop liking the movies that he produced that he had um, his hand in? So here's the thing, and and this is a weird way to look at it. I don't really give him a whole lot of credit for shit because he wasn't. He just funded it. At the yeah, end of the day, the people that did that is, were yeah. like Tarantino and those guys are the ones. But again, it's like it's still a fine line. It's like 
do you do you still support it? Because like you know, come on, like you're telling me Quentin didn't know what was going on. Like it's it's like you get into all these gray areas. Like when they're talking about the people, I like, like Quentin Tarantino, but I think he's a weird fucking. Guy. Oh yeah, no, he you, definitely. You, you got to think of the Harvey Weinstein. Guy. That's really you got to yeah. You got to think of the Harvey Weinstein thing in this though. You're thinking about you know, am I going to boycott or stop liking the old movies that were under his regime? Now that all of that came out. He's not making money on that yeah. anymore. He but it, got taken uh, off of everything. So he's yeah. not making money on if I go in, like, let's yeah. say, buy a Quentin Tarantino movie or buy any movie that he was in charge of the studio that created that movie. Yeah. I don't I could still like that movie because he's not making money off. it. Yeah. But yeah. also, too, I mean, then you get in the whole situation of like, you know, um, Epstein and all that stuff and like all the people that have been on Epstein's planes and boats and stuff. And then like. I mean, that goes all the way to like accusations now. It's like Bill Gates was on that boat in that plane yeah. all the time. So is Bill Gates involved? It's so again, it's speculation from the outside. Um, yeah. But like Weinstein is a little bit different because like it's conviction, it's it's proof, it's, you know, mm. law. Um, so he was, he was proven guilty. Yeah. So no longer innocent until. Yeah. That dude, though, <laughs> yeah, that dude was an absolute dirtbag. Yeah. Liking and glorious well, bastards. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah I think he did part, Spy though. Kids. You know, oh, not but, Spy but, Kids. The thing is that there's there's a ton of movies that he's you know involved with, and the issue is that like you, you know you're asking a valid question. Do you support the movies that he had yeah. some kind of hand involved with? And the answer is like honestly, yeah, because like if you found like if he did Scary Movie, and you're like, do I love Scary Movie? And it was on Netflix, like you'd probably give it like a look at least for a couple minutes before you're like, oh yeah, that scene was hilarious. Like you know, because end of the day, it like the 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 content was like created i think it'd be different if he came out of this situation as like you know let's say he comes out of jail and he's out and he's like you know what i'm gonna produce movies again whatever next movie he ends up making masterpiece or not regardless you're not gonna support it because okay. it's like we know what you did etc you know Here's, anything prior to yeah. that i feel like you still yeah. if you if you enjoy it i think it's still worth respecting the fact that like the film was made well that you can enjoy it but like yeah it's because it's like it's like you know picasso was a dick but picasso was still an amazing artist right like it's that kind of a thing and so i agree with sesh i think you know it's it's going forward like okay well i can't continue to support you know this guy and i think it's a little bit different because that's an individual so it's easier to say anything that individual is involved with i'm not going to support but then when you get into a company like activision so Activision continues to make a game. Well, am I going to support their future game because their structure of a company was garbage? Like, it's it's an interesting concept, and I think you know it's it's you get into this, uh, this conversation of separating the art from the artist, and it's an yeah. interesting it's an interesting space to be because this whole thing happened a year or so ago in in the world of Magic: The Gathering with an artist named Noah Bradley, where a bunch of women came forward and started accusing him of sexual misconduct and harassment and stuff, and uh, he came forward and apologized for it. So basically admitted it, um, you know, that it was wrong and that what he did and the, and wizards rightly dropped his contract, no longer used him as an artist, but then you had that conversation of, well, okay. So are all of his cards like, cause his art was like held in high regard in the magic world. I mean, he had done some of the key art pieces for cards across the generations. And so then the question is, well, uh, most of the lands like swamps, islands and all that stuff were a lot of his arts. Um, right. And then there were a lot of like other. I'm trying to think of some, but there were some very significant ones. Well, I mean, the 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 lands. Is, yeah, but yeah, like his I mean, like <laughs> so like his lands were. Um, I, he didn't do unstables. Uh, I don't remember. Um, but the point is, 
is people were starting to get rid of his cards and get rid of his artwork. And these are hundred dollar yeah. cards, multi, you know, few hundred dollars. So then the thing is, well, are we getting rid of these cards because they're associated with him or are we getting rid of it? Because like, it's a valid response. And so for me, like I still love the artwork. I think the art's amazing. So I didn't get rid of all my cards by him, but at the same time, like, Oh, I feel kind of sleazy buying a new card from him. You know, if you were to release something, so I'm not going to support him going further in that sense. Um, but again, I believe that people can apologize. People deserve a second chance. So if you know that happens, crime, yeah, exactly, exactly. Depending on the crime, yeah, 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 exactly. So like shift this like a tad bit because this mm-hmm. is another example that I think plays into account with this all is the whole like Chris Brown Rihanna thing. The mm-hmm. Thing is like obviously that whole spiel happened, right? But like Chris Brown is still doing his thing, making his music, and like I can't. I would be lying to you if I told you that there, you know, was a new song he came out with after that whole thing happened where like I wasn't jamming out to it at a party. Like the like I, I like to like the idea of dicky? separating no, I mean that's a great song too, but like I mean <laughs> the thing is like he, like as an artist, his music is catchy and you can get into it and you can enjoy it. And of course, once you see the name, then you're kinda like, Oh, like it's this guy. Like I there was definitely a song that he came out with that I listened to and I was like, This song is amazing. Who did it? And it was like Chris Brown, and I'm like like I don't want to listen, you know, but then at the same time, if I heard it again, I'm like, you know what? It's, it's pretty damn catchy. So I, I'm going to, I got to get behind the music. And as a result, you just end up liking the fact that the song is a song that you can listen to regardless of who's singing it. Cause like, obviously worst case scenario, you can go find like a cover version of like a different artist who sings it in the exact same tone and, and tempo. And it might not be as good as the original, but like you can still like vibe out to it, you know. Like there's always in some way to like find an alternative, but and like that perspective. I think that's still. more of like a guilty pleasure at that point. It's like I like the song, but I'm not gonna recommend it to anybody. <laughs> I mean, maybe because like there's there's people like I like one of my friends. She like refuses to listen to any song that has his name in it after that whole thing happened. So she hasn't heard of a Chris Brown song since like '07 or whatever that it was. Mm-hmm. Um. And she refuses to listen to it. Like, if she finds out that it's like him, she's like, I don't care anymore. And she just completely removes it out of her idea. So, um, and, and again, like, that's a that's a valid way yeah. to maintain your ground about that situation. And then, you know, not necessarily provide any kind of support for that person. Yeah. I mean, and again, it's it's not right or wrong. You know, it's a, it's, it's a personal preference. Like I say, it's, my big thing is if you're not hurting other people with your decision, then, you know. Okay, yeah, that's the way you want to. At wanna... the end of the day, we're all held accountable yeah. for our own actions yeah. and our own opinions. Like, so if that's the way know. you want to protest, that's the way you want to move forward. Then, okay. I mean, like, it's not like, it's not hurting me that you don't want to listen to another song by Chris Brown. Yeah, exactly. you know. And if I want to, I'm not hurting you. Like, you know, it's just it's that that kind of give and take. Yeah, there were, there would only be damage if you were like what he did was valid. Then yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Then, then the whole thing shifts. Yeah, like, hold up a second. Yeah. Same thing with, like with Activision. If they were like, oh, I don't care that they don't get rid of the hackers and call you, then you're like, dude, you're literally like the part of the problem as to why this is happening, right? With regards to whatever that it is. So, if if you if you support the if you're against the the direction that everybody feels about something then you're looked at as the bad guy but also like if the statement is valid as to why that is the case then it only makes it worse right so that's the reason why you know you can be a chris brown fan despite him being an asshole about the situation back back in the day but like if you still at least understand that what he did was wrong there's no harm in like liking his music same thing with like you know you can still play call of duty despite there being hackers and a lawsuit going on as long as you can have fun with the game despite the fact that this is happening but if you agree with what's going on yeah exactly that's an issue yeah like if you start buying the hacks 
okay, then you might be a like, piece of you're garbage. Literally yeah. Part of, yeah ex- you know, that's, that's the shit. ultimatum right there. So. <laughs> if you buy them, that what makes you... It? Oh, fuck. <laughs> Don't worry, I didn't know. It was ironic how the player base reflects the company Oh base. my gosh, yeah, because the part of the accusations are frat boy culture and stuff. Yep. And it was talking yeah, about how, like... I mean, you have you have thirteen year old kids saying bro to women in the game yeah. because of the fact that they got teabagged by some kid that's wearing like a freaking man suit. Like, it, it, but it was like um, it's yeah. you know people are shocked that your player base acts like your management, like the management mm-hmm. of the company. Like, you know, do you are you really surprised that uh, the company itself is as toxic as the players of the game? Um, yeah, I mean, and that's unfortunate though because like, it is at the it's it's just you know once you once you become familiarized with a certain kind of game like the community all <laughs> i mean it's same with like GTA, like, even like gta right now like if we play gta like the culture in that game is terrible on a public facing standpoint because there's people that are only out there trying to kill other players just for clout and mm-hmm. then if you're trying to be like an innocent bystander not doing anything and you get killed by some random guy and he calls you a noob you're like well like that wasn't fun i don't want the game anymore right so then like already there's that separation of like you know you're either this kind of person as who was a game or you're that kind of person and like usually you pick and choose which one you want um and of course with call of duty everyone is trying to become like the competitive like bro get wrecked teabagged whatever yeah. you know and oh. that's that's because because the, the implication is that if you do that then you're a good player but that's well, awesome. God forbid you have a squad of girls playing and you get into a search and destroy match oh yeah if i can get uh michelle Merks and you know jasmine the tap man fucking <laughs> with eighty thousand viewers killing everybody and their girls and they also like they they can showcase that fact and like oh my god that would be some insanity right there um it'd be a whole what i mean is well. like me and a couple of girls that i know like um you know zaddy and stuff we, we were playing um mm-hmm. a game not too long ago and i mean it was it was bad and i'm sitting there going do you kiss your mom with that mouth? Like the disrespect towards women in that yeah. game. Yeah. I'm not I'm is... not laughing at you. I'm laughing at I was thinking of like a thirteen year old like, no, but I kiss your mom, you know. <laughs> <laughs> See right there, Mel. <laughs> I mean that is unfortunately like the mentality my, my, that everybody has in the game. Um mine goes mine goes both ways. Like I'll go your mouth and just have fun. Oh. But then there is sometimes where I'm I'm going and teabagging people. Yeah. All right? <laughs> oh, but, I mean, bro, we've seen somebody, and it's one thing to yeah basically degrade the women for yeah. actually playing yeah, yeah, yeah. the fucking game. Yeah, but yeah, then also yeah. how how contradictory is it when they send you a firm request after the game is over too? Because then it's like, oh wow, like it was a real girl. Oh and yeah, then, no, you know no joke. I mean? Yeah, nose starts and, bleeding and everything. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god, it's a gamer girl. Yeah. yeah it's honestly such a shame this is the reason why see so now what i what i what people start doing and i think i actually applaud them a lot for this because i'm also in that same boat like if i'm it first started off in call of duty when i saw like a rose player who was like playing sweaty as hell right you've got to find some way to like disrespect that rose so like 
if you find a player who you find out is being toxic or aggressive in some kind of nature where you don't actually like really enjoy it, then like you have to publicly shame them in some kind of way that in their minds are like, holy crap. I mean, it doesn't, it's not a solution, but you know, it's <laughs> one way where you can like find a method to tackle the problem because on my, like, you know, I was streaming the game or whatever. And like, I, I found a way to like make my own custom finishing move, for example, right? I dropped my guns. I have my fist out and I, Beat the crap out of the rose and then the guy called me a bunch of names and i put that on stream unfortunately i didn't clip it but like you know he found out i was streaming and then he actually dm'd me on the side and he was like yo can you um can you not put that on stream and i'm like no <laughs> jokes on you boy you must to get exposed right now for the person that you are and that ends up yeah. actually you know in in a small way more than another it's like you know like know your place because end of the day like you're in the same community as everybody else like you become part of the problem if you're out here acting like a like a dick because of well, the fact that like you know, at the end of the day, you know, it, it kind of goes to the whole thing of integrity. Like, you know, act the way you would act wherever you are, whether you're being seen or not. And um, I think especially in the workplace, that's extremely important. Like, I want to act the way, you know, in private that I'm going to act in public. Um, and I mean, you know, I think it, it's a little bit different. In co- like, there's, there is a, a certain threshold at which it goes into disrespectful and inappropriate um, with trash talk. But... Like trash talking with your friends is different than mm-hmm. trash talking and being toxic and just hateful towards other people. Like, oh, yeah. you know, in sports, There's a lot of people out there like that. Yeah, yeah. like in sports, like you, the whole concept of leave it on the field. Like, I, I firmly believe in that. Like, I'm going to play games, you know, and, and I'm going to trash talk at some point. I'm sure like I, I do it. I trash talk. But again, it's never with the intent of really feeling ill towards the other person. So, like, I'm not going to go in there and like disrespect them for you know their gender or anything like that never like that is not me but like i'm gonna talk shit about how bad their aim is and stuff like that because that's just the mechanic of the game like i'm not i'm not talking to their character or them as an individual i'm like no you're just aims trash you know practice more yeah um yeah yeah, but you know i think there's a fine line um where it becomes that's why my hot mics are always i love you yeah Milk spreads positivity <laughs> everywhere he goes. Hey, good Whatever shot. You do but right before you hear that, milk's like, <laughs> love you. Oh, I definitely heard like a, like a goddamn it. And I'm yeah. like, yep, milk is mad. We've seen <laughs> Session get mad when he gets teabagged. Oh, um, yes. because it's disrespectful. That's the it problem. Is. See, because, like, I, I make it very clear. I'm not like a top-notch Warzone player. I'm like I'm like <laughs> average. So like I don't mind if somebody like tells me like, "Oh, you got destroyed." I'm like, you know what? Yes, I did because it was three against one. Like it's fine, whatever. You are correct, but, sir. Like I'm not going <laughs> to yes, deny sir. the fact that I got bodied. However, if you because. This is the same mentality I have when I play Dead by Daylight. If I'm giving you like a run for your money and you get like the luckiest shot on me and they start teabagging me because you think you're like better than me, then it's like, no, it doesn't work that way. Same thing if I'm playing Dead by Daylight and I'm a killer against four people and I'm giving this one survivor like a run for their money where they run for their lives and they're scraping to survive. And then I let them escape and they then they start teabagging me and calling me names. It's like, bro, like you're lucky I didn't kill you. But like, wait till next time. And then when you die first, like you can't get mad because that's Except what it is. Except in Warzone, in Rebirth, he'll go after your ass repeatedly. Oh, Bro. yeah. And then I make sure that he stays, he stays <laughs> yeah. out of the game, right? And then he comes on my stream, 
starts calling me names and i'm like yo listen if you do this this is what happens to you so like don't get mad when you get publicly there's shamed. consequences to your actions yeah. exactly like if you want to talk trash after i just shit on your team and killed all four of your teammates then okay yeah, but then whatever and you get the one snipe while i'm <laughs> yeah. and you want to teabag me and then i mail you from the back of the mind you're like don't get mad because honestly it's your fault <laughs> in the beginning for trying to implicate that you think that that was an okay move at that point in time because this it is, clearly was not this is assassin <laughs> session logic behind his trash talk <laughs> Dog, the logic I don't, I don't get frustrated at dying. I get frustrated more at myself because I think I'm a better player. Yeah. Yes. That's yes. What, that's what I, I get mean, frustrated yeah. at myself. I've I've explained another. that to Rachel before, like, and because uh-huh. she, you know, she didn't always understand like why I got frustrated and stuff. And that's the thing. It's like I don't get frustrated with my teammates. I don't get frustrated. It's more than anything. It's like I should be better than I am, and I get mm-hmm. frustrated with myself because like I put so much time into this game. And then, I mean, we all have off days, but it's put so much time into a game and I just don't do well. I'm just like, God, I feel like I'm failing my team because I don't want to be dead weight. Like, I don't want to be that element that, you know, is contributing to the delinquency of the game. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, imagine being dead weight and still talking shit, though. Yeah. Well, that's a lot. Yeah. All, that's what most you know people what I mean? do. Yeah. That's like a majority. That's of the me. Players. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My team got you. My team got you. It's such oh, they coming for you, boy. <laughs> My boys are coming. Yeah. It's like when people yeah. die and like they trash talking like I killed your teammate. I'm like, I don't care. I killed the rest of your team. What's your point? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like I said, dude, it's like when I, I, when I play any game, if I literally can, you know, give somebody a challenge and they're like scraping up by like like one HP barely made it out of there and they're like, You suck, kid. It's like, bro, I literally gave you an opportunity to kill me and you like got lucky with it. It's yeah. different than you actually like never getting shot or taking like you know if i'm spraying you with bullets and you take no damage from me and you destroy me then like you know what that's a different story but like if you literally barely scrape by you have no right to to you know say anything aside from the fact of like that was a good game and i really had uh, you know enjoyed that fight or something like that people refuse to be humble in the competitive nature of a game when in fact they should be because it's the only real way to like give and get respect back in return if you're being a dick about the, the game the entire way through then like dude when when somebody who is guaranteed better than you is is crapping on you and then they give you a run for your money and they tell you something, like you have no reason to get mad because you literally just did that to Timmy who is thirteen years old just trying to play yeah. the game with his dad. <laughs> yeah, leave Timmy alone. But at the end of the day, I think you know just to kind of wrap this up, um, you know whatever you choose to do in this situation, um, it's it's your choice. It's your you know obviously you know, if you want to uninstall your games, okay, do it. If you don't want to. No big deal. All 300 gigabytes. Yeah. Oh, God. I got 450 oh God, gigs back so today. Delete my games. Yeah. Holy crap. Um, but I think the big thing is just that the message is to the companies, to the people out there, to the gamers, be better. Do better. Um, you know, this stuff should have never have happened. But, I mean, that's obviously a problem within the company of the culture. And they've got a work. They've got work to do. Um. So really the question is going to be how do they come out of this and how do they how do they make it right uh for people and for people going forward and how do we prevent it from happening to others uh and in the future. realize that they also have to gain trust back from Yeah. Yeah. from oh, yeah. fucking up basically. Yeah. Whether they were involved or not no matter what the case is they have to be able to make sure mm-hmm. that you know this is a one time ordeal if it happens again it's you know something that they got to take serious measures into account yeah. for. If they don't. And and to the listeners, to the people out there, I will say this. Um, obviously, you know, express your opinions and, you know, do your thing. But remember that behind those names are real people. 
that might be innocent, that might have not have had a chance to, they might not have been able to do anything just because they know they might've said something and nothing was done. And so just remember that there are those, these are real people on the other side of social media. Um, be respectful, be respectful. That's right. Let them sort it out in their own house and figure things out, uh, support the people that are hurting and also make sure we hold the people accountable that have committed the wrongs. But at the end of the day, let them kind of handle, let them clean their own house. Um, you know, so, yeah, be respectful. Don't be an asshole. Yeah. Nerd out. Yeah, nerd out. <laughs> That's when you're supposed to end it. Is that how we're supposed to end it? Is that it? Is the milk, is that our ending signature? Until yeah, next time, out. nerd out. Yeah, I actually out. like that. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. Damn, milk. Nice. All right. Until next time, guys, nerd out. My crusade for the perfect pizza crust has led me here, pining over a backyard wood-fired oven. But how do I bake this build into my budget? Where can I get some solid guidance on my finances? Who can help me understand if I have the dough for this? A little financial advice. At Regions, we know that's important because your Life Green checking account comes with green print. Financial planning with a banker who will help you create a personal budget and live in the moment. Make your appointment at regions.com slash greenprint. Regions Bank, member FDIC. What do you know about Dr. Dunch? Based on the unbelievable true story. I can't make sense of this. Dr. Death. Dunch has two deaths that we know of. Starring Joshua Jackson with Christian Slater and Alec Baldwin. I am going to fix you. All episodes streaming now, only on Peacock. Please follow us on Facebook and subscribe via iTunes. Do you ever feel overwhelmed by the ever-changing world of technology? Tech It Out can help make some sense of it all. Breaking down geek speak into street speak, technology columnist, author, and TV personality Mark Saltzman covers consumer technology each week for every listener. Mark tackles the latest news, reviews, and how-tos to help you understand what's hot, what's not, and why. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Tech It Out. This is episode 206. Hope you're having a great weekend so far. Can you believe we're already in August? Wow, the summer is going way too fast. Maybe we're making up for lost time. Am I right? Well, either way, thank you for joining me on Tech It Out this hour. We have a stellar show for you and another $100 Hotels.com gift card giveaway as well. So hang tight for the deets on how to enter coming up in a moment. We're going to first learn on the show about LG's new oven with a built-in air fry feature, a sous vide mode, and more. After that, we'll learn about a new way to raise funds for a worthy cause, big or small, with a startup called CrowdChange and what makes them different. We'll touch base with Asurian to learn about gadget insurance and all that it covers. And if you own a Google Smart Display, like a Google Nest Hub, we're going to talk about a new word game that's completely free to play called Magic Word and a lot more on an all-new Tech It Out. 
powered by Asus for those in search of incredible. I'll tell you more about Asus shortly, but I did want to chat about that giveaway from Hotels.com. It's another $100 digital gift card to use towards a future stay in a hotel. Head over to my website, it's MarkSaltzman.com, and send me a note with the phrase, tech it out, in the subject line. You do have to be a U.S. resident and at least 18 years of age. A name will be randomly drawn next week and announced on the show and on social media. And speaking of social media, you can enter that way as well. So either through my website or on social media and just use the phrase, tech it out. It's marksaltzman.com, M-A-R-C-S-A-L-T-Z-M-A-N.com. Congratulations to last week's winner, Brandon Anderson from Florida. There's also a huge promotion from Hotels.com, which I'll tell you about shortly, with a code I'll give to redeem twice the number of stamps you need to go towards a free stay. So instead of needing 10 stamps for one night free, you can earn double the stamps with the code I'll give out shortly. But we'll get to that in due time. Let's officially kick off the show with our first interview. I've said this many times before on this program that tech can enhance anything you're into. If you like to read, for example, ebooks and tablets are awesome because you can fit thousands of books in one thin device. If you're into music, streaming services let you access more than 70 million songs. And hey, if you like to cook and eat, and who doesn't, then you'll love what LG is cooking up with its new LG ProBake convection slide-in range with air sous vide and air fry, as we're going to learn about right now with Ashley Odisho, Senior Marketing Manager for LG Home Appliances. Welcome back to the show, Ashley. How are are you? I'm doing very well. Thanks again for having me. It's always a pleasure joining you. Yeah, likewise. Thanks. So why don't we jump right in? Tell us about the new LG ProBake Convection slide-in range and some of the features that it has. Okay, yeah, happily. Well, this range, as I mentioned, is a slide-in range. So that means it has a very premium built-in look with the controls and the panel in the front of the range versus the back, which is typical in a freestanding range. And then on top of that, we have our InstaView feature, which I think you're familiar with based on our refrigerator. For sure. What I love about the InstaView knock-knock feature on the range is although people could argue, oh, you know, most ranges do come with an on and off switch to turn on the light. When you can just simply knock with like the back of your finger, you can even have, you know, dirty fingers or something else in your hand and still be able to conveniently look inside the oven, you know, without touching a button. And is this an electric cooktop or a gas range? This is an electric cooktop with five burners, which as you could imagine, just offers consumers a lot more flexibility and convenience to cook more dishes at once. Sure. Especially over the past 16 months, Ashley, we've definitely rediscovered our love for cooking and even experimenting more in the kitchen. How could this range help take your dishes to the next level? It offers a variety of built-in modes, something you would typically need separate countertop appliances for. We now have them built into the range. So our first one that I really love is the air sous vide mode. And doesn't this usually require those bags with water in them? Am I thinking of something differently? Sorry, pardon my ignorance here. <laughs> you no, know, no. That, you're, you're referencing sous vide cooking. Okay. So what we've done is we've taken sous vide, which is usually a food submerged under water, mm-hmm. um, and we've used now airflow that cook around and circulate around vacuum-sealed food that you just put simply on the rack of the oven, and that really locks in flavor, aroma, and nutrients. Okay, cool. I'm glad I wasn't wrong. I have watched a little bit of Food Network in my day. So you don't need the water anymore, but it still uses those vacuum sealed bags, right? That's correct. And if people don't have a vacuum sealer at home, you could actually just use really heavy grade freezer bags and they would work the same. Wow. 
this mostly for vegetables or for things like chicken, proteins? Any vegetable or protein works really well with sous vide cooking, simply because, as I mentioned, it really locks in the flavor and the nutrients of the food. And the way that it can do that, Mark, is just the fact that we very consistently maintain a low temperature. It could be anywhere between 38 and 96 degrees Celsius for up to 48 hours. So what that means is, for example, if chicken requires a very precise temperature to be considered cooked, you can set the air sous vide mode at that temperature and it can never go above that. So meaning your, your chicken actually just cannot get overcooked because the oven will not increase the temperature beyond that point. Awesome. And then air frying, very, very trendy right now, but it usually requires a separate tabletop appliance. But this is built into this range? Exactly. So we've now kind of taken a 180, gone from air sous vide, which is slow and consistent, to air fry, which circulates hot air with a fast fan Mm -hmm. to provide those crispy results you're talking about, you know, for things such as wings or fries. And you don't have to add nearly as much oil as required for cooktop frying. Right. All right. So this is fast and furious air frying. And I guess a benefit to having it built into the range is that you can cook more at once. I know one of the downsides to a regular air fryer is that if you're cooking for more people than say two or three, then you're going to have to do it in stages because it can't fit everything. Is that fair? You got it. Yes. And that's actually one of the major points of feedback we're getting is that not only do people actually love the air fry feature, but they love the fact that it's within the whole oven. So you do have that capacity to uh, to cook many dishes at once. All right. From air sous vide to air frying. And it's also a convection oven as well. Is that similar to air frying? It is similar. Yeah. So for me, this range truly has range, I say. Um, <laughs> but I'm bummed. That's great. Cheesy joke. I love it. Um, but but truly for me, uh, it does have a lot of possibilities, you can say. And so our probate convection technology, similar to the air fry, does allow for that even thorough cooking. But instead of always having like a high heat with a high fan speed, we've simply taken the bottom burner found in most ovens and we've moved it to the back with the fan. And what that allows for is a very even heat flow. So what, what this is really good for is when you're cooking, say, cookies or roasts, where you really want more of like a perfectly even browned result, this, the probate convection allows that. We are chatting with Ashley Odisho. She's Senior Marketing Manager for LG Home Appliances. We're learning about a new kitchen appliance called the Probate Convection Slide-In Range with Air Sous Vide and Air Fry. As the name suggests, it can cook your food in many different ways. And we also learned about the InstaView panel on the front of the oven. So similar to the LG refrigerators that have that knocking technology lets you see inside, this range also has that. And you mentioned earlier about, you know, a lot of the ovens have lights. But my experience is, at least with um, our older oven, is that even though the light turns on, it's still hard to see inside. Maybe you have to do a better job cleaning the glass. You know, my wife and I will end up opening the oven anyways just to glance inside, which, you know, if you can avoid it's always better, right? You bring up a really good point, Mark, that cleaning an oven is a difficult thing and everybody kind of dreads it. So one thing that I really love about the probate convection, I mentioned that we moved the burner from the bottom of the oven to the back. And what I notice is that food just gets less caked on to the bottom of the oven, which allows for a much easier clean. Um, and it really helps us uh, with our easy clean feature which is a 10-minute cleaning feature, uses really low heat and uh, water, 
sprayed on the bottom of your oven to remove light, lightly soiled uh, residue that sticks onto the inside of the oven. Okay, got it. And before we wrap up, Ashley, this is a tech show, of course. So I would love for you to give us a uh, refresher on ThinkQ technology. What is it exactly? I know it's built into this range. And how can it help us while we're cooking? Yes, uh, there's a lot of possibilities with our ThinkU app. So basically, if you just download the ThinkU mobile app, you're able to connect that to this range. And just a couple features to list off or you can monitor or even adjust your cooking time on the range. You can just check on the status of it, which I know a lot of people care about because we're multitasking at home more than ever. And something that I really like and I find that I use at home is the voice command because it is functional with Amazon Alexa and Google Assistant. Oh, cool. So if you have a smart speaker, say in your kitchen or elsewhere in your home, what is something that you can ask about the range? Some of the really convenient features I find that people use are just adjusting the cook time or asking how much cook time is left on your oven. And if you have a recipe that requires you to bake first and then broil at the end, could you also use your voice to say, you know, change it to broil with your voice hands-free? Yes, you can. Wow, that's very cool. My wife would like that very much. (laughs) All right. Very convenient feature for sure. All right, Ashley, why don't we wrap up on price? How much does the ProBake convection slide-in range cost and where can we learn more? The suggested retail price is $23.99 and you can find more information on LG.com. All right. Ashley, always great to chat with you. Enjoy the rest of your summer. Thanks for making me hungry with our interview. (laughs) And uh, I look forward to chatting with you again soon. Thanks so much, Mark. You're listening to Tech It Out, powered by Asus. For those in search of incredible, Asus creates technology for today and tomorrow's smart life, including its line of award-winning laptops. Check them out at asus.com slash us slash radio. That's asus.com forward slash us forward slash radio. We'll be right back with more Tech It Out. Listen to Tech It Out whenever you want. Find the Tech It Out podcast at iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Tech It Out, everyone. As I mentioned in the last segment, get ready to write down this special code to use in the Hotels.com app, and you'll be able to earn double night stamps when you book a trip through the app. Usually, you can stay 10 nights somewhere and get the next one for free, which is awesome, but Tech It Out listeners have an exclusive code to receive double nights stamps. So use the code Tech It Out Double for double stamps. So for instance, if you book two nights, you'll receive four reward stamps. The offer for double stamps is for app-only hotel bookings made between now and August 6th for travel between now and January 31st, 2022 for stays no longer than five nights. The offer is available to the first 500 customers in the US and in Canada. Again, the code is TechItOutDouble to get double stamps on your hotel stays booked between now and August 6th. All right, let's continue on with the show. It's difficult enough raising money for a charity these days, as there's no shortage of deserving causes out there. But you always want to make sure that the experience is a smooth one for your donors. And so we're now going to learn about a fundraising platform that does things a little differently. It's called CrowdChange, and we're joined by its CEO, Cliff Feldstein. Welcome to the show, Cliff. Thanks so much. Happy to be here. Tell us about CrowdChange. What do you do exactly? Sure. So CrowdChange is a technology platform, and the goal behind the platform is really to give people every tool they could possibly need to accelerate and power their fundraising activity 
but to do it in a way that's also really intuitive and user-friendly. So you don't actually have to be an expert in the fundraising space to make use of CrowdChange. Mm-hmm. And we are basically going to put every tool available to a professional fundraiser in the hands of a professional fundraiser, but also in the hands of someone who is kind of a newbie and wants to raise money for a good cause. So someone's listening right now that works for an organization or even an individual who wants to raise funds for whatever reason, and you're not a big hospital or a foundation like Make-A-Wish or something like that. So you essentially empower smaller fundraisers with a platform that can help them compete with the big guys. Is that right? The bigger nonprofits. Yeah, absolutely. So we have events running on CrowdChange that are literally as small as a backyard barbecue and someone wants to raise money for a cause that's close to their heart and they might be raising 500 bucks. And at the same time, we have organizations like Cystic Fibrosis that, you know, is going to raise, you know, over $2 million in a, in a four or five week period. So really from the largest to the smallest. And I understand you're the go-to fundraising platform for fraternities and sororities. Yeah. So that's kind of where CrowdChange sort of got its start. You know, the platform was developed and it really just caught fire on college campuses. And so sororities and fraternities You know, one of the things that I'm amazed at is just how dedicated a lot of these students that are a part of these organizations are to raise money on campus. We are chatting with Cliff Feldstein. He's the CEO of a company called CrowdChange. It's a fundraising platform that helps even the playing field. So it's not just about making sure that it's an easy and a secure process when you reach out to your potential donors and solicit donations. You do some other things as well, like there's merchandising options, right? Like branded clothing. You also help organize volunteers with your platform. You know, the space that CrowdChange plays in is we really want to give people all of those intricate fundraising tools, but we want them to be really easy to use. And and uh, and so that's really where CrowdChange comes into play. For the donor, like an average person like myself who may be asked to contribute to like a cystic fibrosis event or something, we would get an email typically from our friends or family or an organization. And if they use CrowdChange, would it look any different on the surface or is all your sort of magic on the back end? Yeah, great question. So oftentimes it won't look that different. We like to think that we have the most beautiful landing pages and whatnot, but the reality of it is it's a competitive space. So uh, I think we do a very good job there, but really the magic is, is in what it takes to stand up that kind of page. So literally, you know, on CrowdChange, it could take minutes for an event creation that on another platform could take days or, or even weeks to do. So it's really the simplicity of getting access to all of these different tools, standing up your event, sharing your event to social media, having access to those events on a mobile device. It really is, you know, what's behind the scenes that makes CrowdChange really, really unique. Okay, got it. So benefits to the organizers of a fundraiser, because when they adopt the CrowdChange platform, you're saying it's fast and intuitive and you have all the tools and benefits to the recipient of the fundraising request. Before we wrap up, um, so CrowdChange is in the charity business. You help empower charities, fundraisers, but obviously this is a company that isn't a charity. So how do you make your money? What's the revenue model for CrowdChange? Yeah, so the revenue model in our particular industry is is pretty similar across the board. So companies like CrowdChange essentially have 
really two main revenue streams. One is license revenue. And the second component is by taking a transaction fee on funds that are being raised. And, and so there's no real magic to it. If you have a higher licensing fee, then you drive down the transaction rate. And uh, if you have little to no uh, licensing fee, then you have a higher transaction rate. And there are also some players in the industry that kind of have a tipping model. So there's a variety of ways for platforms to sort of uh, ensure that they can operate their businesses effectively while also providing great service to their to their clients. Interesting. Thank you. Thanks so much, Cliff. Is there a website we could learn more about CrowdChange? Yeah, absolutely. Just uh, drop to crowdchange.co and uh, you can learn more about the company. Again, that's www.crowdchange.co, not .com, just the .co. And there's a lot of information about us uh, at our website. Fantastic. Thanks again for your time, Cliff. Cliff Feldstein has been our guest. Enjoy the rest of your summer. Continued success. Thanks so much. A pleasure to be here. Again, it's crowdchange.co. We'll be right back with more Tech It Out. Want to follow Mark? Google him. Mark with a C and Saltzman with a Z. Breaking down geek speak into street speak. This is Tech It Out. Tech It Out with technology columnist, author, and TV personality, Mark Saltzman. Welcome back to Tech It Out. You've heard of Murphy's Law. If something can go wrong, it will. And the same may be said for your beloved consumer electronics. So how can you best protect your tech at home? The answer may be gadget insurance, for lack of a better phrase. And joining us on the line to chat about this, as well as what tech travelers want this summer, we're joined by Marvin Maldonado. He's a tech expert from Assurian, which has services to protect, repair, and replace your tech. Welcome to the show, Marvin. Good to chat with you. Thank you, and thanks for having me. Sure. Hey, why don't we start right at a high level here? What is Assurian all about? Assurian is a tech care company that provides insurance, installation, repair, and replacement for a wide range of technology. We have about 12,000 experts that can support anything from a mobile phone to gaming consoles. And we also have techs available at nearly 700 You Break I Fix stores across the country. Right. Okay. So we'll, we'll get to the in-home care in a moment. You called it a tech care company, but I wanted to ask you more about the You Break I Fix connection. So Assurian, I think, acquired this company. So these are those like hundreds of stores out there. And I have one just like a mile away from me where you bring your tech if you dropped your iPhone or your Android tablet cracked or something. Is that right? That's correct. They joined our Assurian family in 2019 and our experts in those stores can fix anything with a power button, really. Right. And often while you wait, if I'm not mistaken. That's correct. You don't have to even have to leave the store. You can stay there while they do a free tech assessment for you as well. Very cool. So let's then go back to the home and what Assurian offers. So I mentioned in my introduction, I called it like gadget insurance. I know that's obviously not a formal name here, but can you elaborate on what Assurian offers? Yes. Assurian Home Plus is a protection plan that provides repair, replacement to all your home tech. And it doesn't matter where you bought the device, what brand it is, regardless of how long you've had it. And the best part for me, at least, is that you don't have to go back and hunt down any old receipts to prove that you bought it. Okay. So it covers a lot of different tech that you may have in your home in case something happens. So you're buying that peace of mind. And we'll get to pricing in a moment from now. But what devices are supported? Is it all sort of the big categories? 
That's correct. What we want to do here with Assuring Home Plus is protect your home tech. So anywhere from a laptop, smart door locks, smart video doorbells, and much more of your home tech. And it doesn't only just cover breakdowns and manufacturer issues, but it also covers accidental damage. So like if something were to happen to your device where you spill something on it, you drop it, or you crack your screen, it's actually also covered. All right. So you spill a drink on your iPad or something breaks on your TV or your home uh, Wi-Fi router breaks down. You will either fix or replace those devices or give you the cash equivalent? That is correct. Uh, We want to make sure that all your home tech is running smoothly. So we'll take care of all that for you. So I noticed smartphones weren't listed there. So is that something separate altogether? Correct. Assurian offers protection plans for the devices directly through major wireless carriers and retailers. So with the Home Plus product that we offer, we wanted to protect people's personal tech in their actual houses. Okay. So the Assurian Home Plus plan does not cover smartphones. That's something that you would typically buy when you get your smartphone from your mobile phone provider or just afterwards. But the Assurian Home Plus plan covers virtually all other tech. And I'm sure there's a list at the website, right? That's correct. Is there a reason why we can't put our tech through our regular home insurance? You know, let's uh, let's say, you know, your your smart TV or something like that. Well, regular home insurance normally only covers catastrophes like theft or fires or something like something like that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't cover normal breakdowns or normal wear and tear to your devices. So Assuring Home Plus covers those common breakdowns that happens to, you know, your favorite tech in your house. Okay. And if I'm not mistaken, your home insurance also only covers up to, I think it's $1,500 for consumer electronics. That's the maximum. That is correct. Mm -hmm. We are chatting with Marvin Maldonado. He is a tech expert from Assurian. We're learning about the services that they offer to protect, repair, and replace, or maybe even compensate you for any damaged or uh, stolen devices in your home. It's the Assurian Home Plus plan. Before we shift gears and talk about your digital nomad survey, which obviously focuses on travel, how much does Assurian Home Plus cost? Well, it costs $24.99 per month plus tax. And if you think about it, it's less than $1 per day to protect all thousands of dollars that people invest in their home tech. Yeah, for sure. And also, it doesn't matter where you bought the tech, as you said, or when you bought it. And it's not tied to one particular product either. It's not like Apple Care, which is only for, you know, Macs and things like that. That's correct. It covers a wide range of manufacturers. Okay. Let's now talk about the Digital Nomad Survey, which I highlighted in a recent USA Today article. Tell us about that. So Assurian surveyed 500 digital nomads, and we found that there's a need for vacation rentals to have more reliable tech amenities. So 97% of the people that took that survey will continue to mix work and vacation this year. And one of the top things that we noticed is that Wi-Fi is the top feature that these people are seeking in a vacation rental. Also followed by access to, you know, their streaming services and smart TVs. But the biggest thing that I I noticed was that nine out of 10 people or cationers, let's call them that, also said that unreliable Wi-Fi can actually ruin their plans trying to mix, you know, uh, vacation and work. Okay, so no surprise, perhaps, that Wi-Fi is super important. Not a real shocker, I would say. (laughs) Are there any other tips to protecting your gear while you're traveling this summer? Yeah, from the survey, we noticed that 74% of the people that took the survey, people were going to bring their laptops with them while they go vacationing. 57% of, of these people will bring their tablet. So making sure that you have a case to protect these devices is very, very important. Yeah, so also don't leave your devices, your tablet, your laptop under the sun for long periods of time. This can actually cause internal damage to your device that might not be repairable. And additionally to all this, 
my biggest piece of advice for everybody is make sure that you back up your devices. In case an accident were to happen, we want to make sure that it's easy for you to recover all your information in your devices. Good point. An ounce of prevention, as they say. Always back up yourself because you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> a device could be lost or stolen or damaged, and uh, then it's too late. So you got to be proactive about that at the risk of sounding preachy. And I'll also add, Marvin, to your advice on not leaving things out in the sun is to also avoid water. Yes, some devices are waterproof. More are water resistant, but still electronics and heat and water, not a good combination. So try to avoid you know, having your laptop on the edge of a pool if you can or at the beach. Anyhow, Marvin, thank you so much for your time. Is there a website where we can learn more about Assurian and the uh, Home Plus plan and all that? Of course, you can visit assurian.com forward slash home plus to learn more, or you can stop at one of our 700 U-Break iFix stores across the nation and you can get a free assessment on your technology. Okay, awesome. And again, Assurian is spelled A-S-U-R-I-O-N, by the way. Great to chat with you. Marvin Maldonado has been our guest. Enjoy the rest of your summer. Not sure if you're a digital nomad or not. I assume you are. Have a good one. Thanks for your time. Thanks, Mark. Have a great day. As you heard from Marvin at Assurian, it's important to back up your important files just in case something happens. I always trust my data with Western Digital and SanDisk drives, whether they be external hard drive, solid state drives or SSDs, or those little thumb drives, those little flash drives or jump sticks, whatever you call them, that plug into a computer, lets you drag and drop content over to them for safekeeping or to transport files between devices. So check it out at Western Digital and SanDisk's website. We'll be right back with more Tech It Out. Breaking down geek speak into street speak. Check it out. Hosted by Mark Saltzman. listening to Tech It Out on the Radio America Network. As I mentioned earlier in the program, I have a great offer for Tech It Out listeners to get some amazing rewards by staying in a hotel. Get ready to write down this special code to use in the Hotels.com app, and you'll be able to earn double night stamps when you book a trip through the app. Usually, you can stay 10 nights somewhere and get the next one for free, which is awesome, but Tech It Out listeners have an exclusive code to receive double nights stamps. So use the code Tech It Out Double for double stamps. So for instance, if you book two nights, you'll receive four reward stamps. The offer for double stamps is for app-only hotel bookings made between now and August 6th, for travel between now and January 31st, 2022, for stays no longer than five nights. The offer is available to the first 500 customers in the U.S. and in Canada. Again, the code is TechItOutDouble to get double stamps on your hotel stays booked between now and August 6th. All right, let's continue on with the show. If you like games and have a smart speaker, you're likely aware of the Name That Tune game called Song Quiz. It's so fun. And now that same company, Volley, has a new word game for those who own a Google Smart Display, like a Google Nest Hub or a Google Nest Hub Max. And it's called Magic Word. Here to tell us all about it is Volley CEO, Max Child. Welcome to the show, Max. Good to chat with you. Good to talk to you, Mark. Great. Now, before we talk about Volley's latest interactive game, at a high level, what do you think the appeal is of gaming on a smart speaker, or in this case, a smart display? Yeah, I mean, I think there's two elements to gaming on a smart speaker, smart display that I think are really unique and fun. The first is obviously getting to control it with your voice. In the case of our new word puzzle game, Magic Word, that you mentioned, getting to shout out correct answers, you know, getting to yell your guesses. Maybe it gets a little competitive with your family and you're trying to you know, get it before someone else. And just that sort of visceral pleasure of 
I don't know, shouting to control a computer, we always find uh, entertaining uh, when we're making these games at Volley. Um, and the other big part sort of alluded to is the fact that it's a device that's in your home, sitting on your kitchen counter or you know in your living room, bedroom. And so the fact that it's kind of always on and always available and can sort of be background entertainment while you know maybe you're you're doing chores or cooking or or it's you know perfectly set up for family game night. So I think those are kind of what's special about those devices. And with that in mind, you have had some success with song quiz i've written about that game a couple of times tell us a Mm. bit about it yeah so this is also using a smart speaker it doesn't have to be a smart display could just use any sort of alexa or google speaker right yeah yeah exactly um it was one of our early uh, games back when smart speakers didn't have displays (laughs) so we thought it would be a cool audio only experience uh we play little short clips of uh music and like you said it's very similar to the sort of classic name that tune experience where you're trying to shout out the title or the artist um we have decades from you know 40s 50s 60s all the way to the modern era um and yeah it's, it's definitely one of our most popular games and i think one of the most popular games on uh, smart speakers overall great okay so now let's talk about what's brand new from volley again it's called magic word i guess it's for a group of people together in one place it's not a multiplayer game where you play against somebody somewhere else correct yep it's all in person multiplayer or in person you know single player okay so single player multiplayer talk to us about the premise yeah it's essentially a classic twist on a certain type of word game where we show four images. So, you know, could be a picture of a baseball bat and, you know, a bat in a cave and a couple other things that allude to the word bat. And then your goal is to guess uh, the word that connects the four images. Uh, so in that case, it would be, you know, the word bat, as I'm sure you can imagine. And you get a little collection of uh, letters to sort of seed your guess with what letters are in that word. And uh, we put a little twist on this version, magic word, which is the pictures are animated GIFs or GIFs, depending on how you pronounce that. And so there's a little kind of motion and action to the game. Uh, there's a little kind of liveliness to looking at little uh, you know, rotating GIFs of, of uh, internet memes and that kind of thing. Okay, awesome. So you see four pictures. They all have something in common. You have to figure out what it is, whether you're playing against the game itself or with uh, a friend or a family member beside you. You use your voice, though, to, to shout out the, the correlation between them all? Yeah, exactly. Right. So you say the answer with your voice. Um, If you get it right, the game gives you a little reward, thumbs up, uh, and then you get to move on to the next level. Without further ado, let me play a clip from the game. Again, it's called Magic Word from Volley. So it's a visual game where you're going to see hints, uh, you know, these these images, these GIFs, uh, uh, and you're going to have to try to figure out what the word is. But here is an example of some of the audio that you'll hear as well. Hey, Google, talk to Magic Word. Hmm. Elevator? Oh, celebrate. Sounds great, Max. We are chatting with Max Child, CEO of Volley. We're learning all about their new smart display game, Magic Word. Speaking of smart displays, what do you need to play Magic Word? The game is available on Google smart displays today. So the Google Nest Hub and the Google Nest Hub Max, um, they're different screen sizes, but they're essentially, you know, little speakers with screens that you can put around your house. You know, as I mentioned, kitchen's a very popular location. Is there an Amazon version in the works? Because they have their Echo Show family, I 
I guess, of devices. Yeah, we, we love working on Echo Show devices. There's some technical elements of the way the game is designed right now that we have to work through, but you know, hopefully, uh, fingers crossed for the future. <laughs> okay, awesome. <laughs> and going back to the gameplay for a moment, Max, timing is important as well, not just accuracy. Key timing elements uh, are you have uh, three minutes to answer, which is actually fairly luxurious. Uh, <laughs> so you can kind yeah. of think through your time uh, on each puzzle. And then we also have a daily challenge that gives you a special new puzzle that we come up with every morning. And so obviously uh, those are only available for, for 24 hours until you sort of build up towards the next one. And not only is Magic Word free, as we'll hear about after this short break, but it's super easy to start the game. You don't have to download any software. We're going to continue learning about this new Magic Word game for Google Smart Displays when we return. Stay with us. Follow Mark Saltzman on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. Listen to Check It Out whenever you want. We are chatting with Max Child. He is the CEO of Volley about their new game called Magic Word. It's playable on a Google Nest Hub or a Google Nest Hub Max smart display. And how do you get going with Magic Word? Do you need to download something first or can you just ask your Google smart display to start playing the game? Yeah, you could just ask your Google device, um, hey, talk to Magic Word. It's probably the easiest thing. Uh-huh. Uh, if you say start Magic Word or play Magic Word, uh, that'll probably work as well. I bleeped you saying the wake word so we didn't make our listeners' devices go off. <laughs> okay, so this is not like an Alexa skill that needs to be installed. You don't have to open up the Google Home app on a smart device and get going. You can just use your voice and then it, it just it's ready to play. It's all on the back end, right? Yep. It's all live and can be invoked at any time with no no waiting or installing. And how much is Volley charging to play the game, Magic Word? The game is free to play. Oh, is there like a, yeah. is it a freemium model where you get like 20 levels for free and then you have to pay above and beyond that? We have certain additional features you can pay for coins to access, but honestly, the vast, vast majority of the game is uh, free and, and available. Can I ask you how you can monetize it then? How does Volley make its money then? Are there uh, other apps or games that you do charge for? Yeah, so we typically sell subscriptions for expanded content. In this game, we just kind of wanted to get it off the ground and you know see how people enjoy the free version. But uh, over time, I think we expect to add you know, lots of additional levels, additional game modes, um, special features, and we'll probably charge a uh, subscription for that expanded content. Well, I'm excited to try this because I love word games and puzzles like this. Yeah. And I have a Google Nest Hub Max on my night table. In fact, my my glorified alarm clock. So I, I, I'm going to play this with my wife for sure. And if it's even half as fun as Song Quiz, I'm going to love it. Is there a website where we can learn more about it? Uh, but I know you can just, you said to activate the game, you just use your voice. But if there a, a website you'd recommend? Yeah, I mean, you can go to volleyvat.com, B-O-L-L-E-Y-T-H-A-T. But honestly, if you just Google Magic Word or Magic Word Google, uh, it's it's the top thing that comes up. So it's very easy to access that way. Okay, awesome. Hey, Max, great to chat with you. Congrats on the launch of the new game, Magic Word. I hope it does well for you. And keep up the great work with Song Quiz as well. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Speaking of Google Nest Hub Maxes and other smart screens and smart displays, 
I'm going to play a clip of me interviewing my 92-year-old uncle on one of these devices. His name is Carlos Spenlolo, and here I am using the translate mode. Have a listen to this and, and what these smart devices are capable of. He speaks seven languages, is that right? Yeah. Okay. So I want to get his reaction on this new feature called interpreter mode on Google. It works with any speaker or screen like this. So let's first say this. How about we start with Italian? Okay, you'll speak to me in Italian in yeah. a moment, okay? Be my Italian interpreter. Okay, I'll be your interpreter. When you hear this sound, it means I'm listening. Let's get started. Okay. Hi, Uncle Carlos. Please speak to me in Italian. Va bene. Ciao. Zio Carlos, per favore, parlami in italiano. Sì, cosa vuole che ti dico? Dicano. What do you want me to tell you? I want to say that this is uh, amazing technology and I, I love being able to experience this with you. Voglio dire che questa è una tecnologia straordinaria e adoro poterla provare con te. Sono tanto contento. In mia vita credeva che questo poteva essere. I am so happy in my life. That's amazing, right? Be my Spanish interpreter. Okay, before you start talking, make sure to wait until you hear this sound. Let's start. Hi, Uncle Carlos. I understand you speak Spanish. Is that correct? Hola, tío Carlos. Entiendo que hablas español. ¿Es eso correcto? Sí, es correcto. Hablo español. Is correct. I speak Spanish. <laughs> wow. Then your accent is very good. That's one of the seven languages you speak. Wow. Entonces tu acento es muy bueno. Ese es uno de los siete idiomas que hablas. Sí. Amazing, huh? Isn't that fantastic? Wow. <laughs> en francés. Yeah, okay. Be my French translator. Hi, Uncle Carlos. Uh, good to see you this afternoon. How are you feeling today? Salut, Uncle Carlos. Ravi de vous voir cet après-midi. Comment vous sentez-vous aujourd'hui? Oh, je me sens très bien, grâce à Dieu. I feel very good, thanks <laughs> to God. Fantastic. This is amazing, and there's many, many more languages that it supports. Fantastique, c'est incroyable, et il y a beaucoup plus de langues qu'il prend en charge. En français? Bien sûr, oui, oui, oui. Je parle d'autres langues aussi. In French, of course, yes, yes, yes. I speak other languages. <laughs> thank you. That was my little demo. Appreciate oh, it. Thank you. You're going to be a YouTube star now. Good, good, very good. <laughs> I was teasing my 92-year-old uncle to say he's going to be a YouTube star. So you can see that video of me on YouTube. Speaking of social media, come and say hi this weekend. I'm also on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook. It's Mark Saltzman, Mark with a C, S-A-L-T-Z-M-A-N. You'll see the code for that Hotels.com giveaway, Tech It Out Double, to get double the stamps to inch closer to a free night stay at a hotel. Thank you for tuning in to Tech It Out, everyone. Powered by Asus for those in search of of incredible asus.com has more have an incredible rest of your weekend and we'll catch up next time on tech it out bye-bye for now the bid podcast from blackrock breaks down what's happening in the markets and explores the forces changing investing we cover topics like the megatrends shaping our future how the covid19 crisis will impact markets in 2021 and why companies should lead with purpose listen to the bid wherever you get your podcasts If you enjoyed today's show, please head over to iTunes, give us a rating, and leave a review.
Hello, everyone. My name is Trent, but most of you know me as IT Guy, and welcome back to the Blockchain Gaming Podcast. In this episode, uh, me and a, me and a guest will recap this week's news and events in the Coin Hunt World ecosystem. So let's kick this thing off. Uh, this week's recap is for the week of July 25th to the 31st, and there's been some pretty interesting changes. Um, so I'll just start things off by introducing the player that I have with me today. Um, so this is the first guest guest on the Blockchain Gaming Podcast, um, and I hope you're as excited as I am to introduce King Thermos. Hey Trent, or, hey Trent, or IT guy, I don't know which you would prefer. You can call me whichever you like. You can call me King, or Thermos, or some people call me KT, depending on the game and how much time they have, I don't care. As I okay. tell my kids, as long as they don't call me late for dinner... <laughs> awesome i'm a dad so i got dad jokes <laughs> there you go perfect we'll need some of those um so i'll just uh ask you a few questions kind of about your game just to get people like familiar with kind of you and your qb i guess um so let's just start with um wh where you're at on the leaderboards do you have that pulled up uh i'm pretty low this month yep probably the lowest i've ever been I blame it all on the red cubies at the start of the month, and there's been such an influx of new players that I have been pushed way down the years. Yeah, the growth has been crazy. Yeah, 123rd globally and 69 in Canada. Oh, I'm okay with that. <laughs> 69, there you go. Wow, okay, so, so that's actually, I would say that that's like a top player for sure. Yeah, I've been, I think, 18 or 20 last month and the month before i was up there too but the growth so this you, month just crushed me are you gonna make another push for it then uh in a month or two uh, save some things up same here same here um so i know you mentioned you were from canada um i actually know where you're from but just so the viewers know where you're from where where are you from uh i'm from regina saskatchewan uh if you don't know it go and look up a video called Experience Regina. We love it here. Experience Regina. It's... That sounds a lot like the Ontario one, which is where oh, I'm at. It is so good and so bad. <laughs> um, so how did you kind of get into Coin Hunt World? Uh, so I started with some crypto earlier this year, kind of minor buying and, buying and selling. And my cousin introduced me to Coin Hunt World. And he was like, hey, check this game out. You know, it's pretty cool. It's an easy way to earn crypto. I was unemployed, so it's like, hey, let's let's play this. Let's learn it. It looks fun. It's pretty good. pretty good game. And I just started from there playing, you know, putting out user vaults as much as I could everywhere. And because of that ranking, it seems like you probably play almost every day. Yeah. I do, I walk my dogs for an hour, or sorry, half hour every day at my work break lunch. Get about 10 to 12 vaults there, and then in the evenings I get about, depending on how far I feel like biking, 23 is the average, because that's what I have that I can see from my house. Wow. And 35 if I feel like going a little further. Right on. Um, so how much have you made from Coin Hunt World? Uh, a couple hundred at least. 
for sure. Because uh, I rem- I remember we were talking um, before the show, and and you actually bought a bike with with your Coin Hunt World money. Yeah, it was one of the first things I did was save up and buy a new bike because my old bike I call it Sir Creeks because it, <laughs> I sounded like Debo from Friday rolling up anywhere. <laughs> Mine sounds a lot like that too, actually. <laughs> so. I saved up some money, bought myself a new bike. Not anything super expensive, but a lot better than what I had. Okay, let's get into some of the changes that have happened this week. Um, so actually, me and you have made an agreement to not watch the um, Hunter's Lodge. Um, so that's actually going on right now as we speak. Um, so everything... Um, that has gone on in the in the um, Hunter's Lodge we won't actually be talking about. So, um, But I would like to start with um, kind of like the auction house. And I know that there's probably going to be some information released, um, but I guess we can just explore um, the, auction, uh, the auction house just for now. Uh, I would love to, like, I'm excited for it, right? As soon as it can open, we're going to see... Uh, I know there are parts of the Doge Cubie I didn't get. I think I needed some more bones. I can't. No, I needed a dog collar. That's what it was. And oh, some of the other items that we missed. Yep. So, what do you think you're going to be able to sell on the auction house? This is kind of like my big brain thought here. Uh, I think it's going to start with paint and Cubie parts. I would and that's love. It. To, yeah, I would love to see being able to turn resin into keys. Yep. Just because of the lack of keys in the game right now. Yep, for sure. Um, So I also uh, remember seeing something in the Discord about the auction house where um, if you are selling items, um, there's like an auto... For- there could potentially be an auto forge mechanism. Like none of the, this is all speculation, right? Cause obviously the auction house isn't out and I'm just kind of like, I, th- I thought I read something about this. Um, but what would you say if um, you're trying to sell an item, say for like you want 99 blue keys, right? Um, but there's an auto forge mechanism that'll actually, it'll, instead of getting your 99 blue keys for the item, you're getting nine greens. <laughs> what would you say to something like that? Only if I can dismantle them. And there's no dismantle, right, in the game. So <laughs> that would be a no. Uh, I guess if you're going to a high value like that, you know, that's closer to a yellow. That's not so bad. I do, because we have our yellow QB or yellow cream finished out here. Yep. Oh, I, right, I we're, right. We're a, small, we're a smaller city here, but we whoop some ass on that. So- so you actually get to use a lot of your yellow keys then? Yeah. All of them, I guess. You don't you wouldn't use them for anything else because I mean me, I don't have anything around me, so <laughs> I just I just stack them. Yeah, I've got about 14 right now, so oh. I'm just waiting to I have a key forge across the street to just walk across the street and forge myself a red. Very nice. And I know you, uh you brought up the topic to me and I've seen somewhere also in the discord but this gke phenomenon um do you have any further information about what gke it really is so amphi 2k uh designed it he figured it all out it's uh basically 
it's called green key equivalent as to what every color paint is uh is equivalent of a green key if you take that you know green key being the basis basically one dollar within the game but we don't always want to say one u.s dollar right Okay, so as the the way I understand it, um, and you've sent me a little graphic here. So for his blue paint, he has decided that the green key equivalent uh, to one blue paint is uh, 0.36. Is that right? Yeah, and that's because of how common that blue paint is. So would that mean that that blue paint is one, or sorry, blue paint is worth 36 cents then? No, I think... That value is missing. I think I saw somewhere that said it was 25 pieces of paint. Oh, per 25. Okay. Yeah. That I forgot to send over to you. Okay. So that just dawned on me now. Yeah. Okay. So on this graphic, it's saying uh, the green key equivalent um, for blue paint is 0.36 per 25 blue paints. I know this is kind of getting a little bit confusing, but the math does check out, I promise. Um, So this kind of interests me because that seems kind of high doesn't it uh yes and no i mean if you look at the green paint it's at 0.23 so it's like what would that be 25 like four cents a a piece of paint oh per paint right right four cents a paint yep and so obviously the elusive purple here we have labeled at 10.13 so um, if you're hitting, if you're hitting, okay, wait. So that means if you're hitting the 25 purple paint, you just got 10 green keys or is that one green key, 10 blues? It'd be one green key on those 20, 25 purple. Is that right? right? Okay. Yes. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. Because, okay. Yeah. So about a dollar. If you hit the if you hit the purple paint, yeah, you might have to grab him in Discord. I know he was working on the formula more. This is just what I grabbed. Yes, this is still very the other day. Yes, this is still very like not a fully formulated idea. Um, But yes, I think this green key equivalent has some traction to it, and uh, might be the way we start uh, we start talking about the uh, talking about the paint. And especially once it goes international with Europe, right? It's it's going to be way easier to associate across, you know, across the pond. Absolutely. From, with green key to you know do, uh, pounds and whatever out there. I I see, and and it's definitely would be a lot easier than like converting currencies and converting um, sats and guay. So. That would yeah. for sure. Okay, um, so what are your uh, before we get off this auction house topic? I just want to know the thoughts um, on it costing a green key to list an item. Now, I'm not sure if that is an actual thing, um, but I think there's going to be some sort of mechanism that makes you pay in order to list an item. What are your thoughts on that? It's good. It stops people for just from spamming it with garbage. We don't want the auction house to turn into eBay, right? <laughs> or Amazon. Yeah. Oh, yeah, or Amazon. Why? Is the illusion we ever go into space on us? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
I wouldn't mind. <laughs> so what are the what's going to be the first thing that you put into the auction house? Uh, probably purple paint. I have a lot of purple paint, a couple thousand that I'm sitting on, and I don't plan on printing any Hubies for a couple months now. I'm gonna hoard them up, hoard them up a bit. So I have no qualms at burning all the paint that I have: purple paint, red paint, everything. And judging by the GKE of purple paint, it's probably wor- very worth it to be selling yeah. purple paint on the auction house. And then I can go and get the stuff I'm missing. I'm missing a couple hockey sticks for the Canadian QB. I'm missing the, uh, the dog collar for Doge. Don't have any of the American QB stuff, so if I can flip it for those things, I'll be even happier. So you're going to clean it up then on all of the uh, QBs and, cre- and create all the QBs? At some point, yes. Yeah, you I'm going to get all plans. the stuff. Yeah. Get my plans now. Move forward on them later. Awesome. I mean, I'll, ne- I'll never be at the top with Blockboy again. I think I did that one month for like a day because <laughs> it, it was the start of the month. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's actually my plan at the start of the next month. I'm going to go um, because I have actually yet to craft a QB at all. Um, so I'm going to go and pump out um, all of the QBs that I have. I have, uh, I believe, the Ethereum QB I can create. Um, the purple, the red, the yellow, and the green. Um, so I, I have a feeling that I'll probably be pretty high on the leaderboards after that, but uh, it's all about keeping it throughout the month, right? Yeah. That Ethereum QB broke, broke my heart. Why is that? I was second by one second. <laughs> because I stopped to take a screenshot while printing the damn thing. And I got oh, I remember you saying that in the yeah. Discord, right? And I was like, no one's going to remember me because no one remembers the first loser. Well, you're now the first loser on the podcast. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> so people will definitely remember you. Um, So I was going through the Discord, and I noticed that, I mean, this is n- not news to you, um, but it could be news to any of the listeners, um, but... Uh, Marlov, the person who has done the wiki, um, is coming out with the the weekly newsletter. Um, what's your take on that? I'm excited for it. There Absolutely. is so much that happens in Discord. It's so hard to follow. And now that I actually have a job, I have to like work and stuff. So I can't <laughs> just sit on Discord for half the day. Exactly. And I, I found that a big challenge when I was trying to... Um, find content for the podcast um and i'm trying to read exactly every single message in the discord um and if i you know slack for a day i have 155 messages to read and <laughs> so yeah. trying to wrap trying to wrap it all up into into one thing that's why i think um the streams that are going for coin hunt world are really good i think the the podcast that we have going right now is pretty good and now this new weekly newsletter, I will definitely be um, a big fan of that. And I'm definitely going to be reading it. Yeah, and the newsletter will help a lot of new people too, right? Because there, a lot of people are like, I don't want to go into Discord to have to find the information. I don't understand yep. Discord. I don't want to learn it. I have hard enough trouble with Facebook. Yeah. Yeah, and it's done by the person who created the wiki. So you know it's going to be... Top like notch. Have, exactly. It's gonna have all the right information as well. 
So um, I wanted to kind of get your take on the Twitter weekly contest. Um, I don't know if you partake in this, do you? No, I uninstalled Twitter an hour after they announced the ban. <laughs> um, so like, this well, might change. Sorry, go ahead. I was like, well, nope. <laughs> <laughs> well, this might change your mind. Um, so the, uh, the, last week, at the start of this week, sorry, um, a player named Awesome Possum won two yellow keys off of the Twitter weekly contest um, because it was his picture that actually won and his user vault. So could we be seeing like a new meta for trying to collect keys? Uh, some people are going to like it. I, you know, I'm focused on one of those guys that's on my bike trying to hit my, you know, 15, 10 to 15 kilometers when I'm doing it. I'm not going to stop to take a picture every 100 meters for the Twitter contest. <laughs> I don't do that either, to be honest. I usually take maybe one picture a day just to throw my name in the ring for that free green key. Yeah, there might be some people who do it, but I think a lot of the people that, you know, travel by bike, it's really a, a pain to stop your bike, pull your phone off your holder, take the picture, and put it back on the holder, and then keep going. Because yeah. once you get going, you don't want to stop. No. And I'd prefer if the um, user vaults were lined up in the way where, like, I could answer the question and then still hit the next user vault. I don't actually have to slow down on my bike. <laughs> I think they slowed the animation uh, slowed the animations down in the last update. It takes a long time to open a vault. Yeah, because I used to go be able to go vault to vault without a problem. Right. And now I have to actually hit my brakes, and I don't like brakes. I don't want to stop. <laughs> no. Um. And so this week's Twitter contest is um, amazing vistas. I guess that doesn't really apply to you, but for the people listening, um, if you want to get that get those yellow keys then the yeah the this week's contest is amazing vistas i'm not even sure really what that entails but for sure we don't have any vistas in regina <laughs> <laughs> okay um so some of the upcoming news um obviously by the time this episode drops we'll know what the legendary qb is but just for speculation's sake and kind of having fun um what do you have any ideas of what this could be Legendary. I think it's Block Boy made into a QB. Oh, a Block Boy QB. <laughs> that would be that would be pretty sick. <laughs> We're all gonna have to beg him to get a copy of it. So, what sort of resources would that be? Mm, it's gonna have to have a Hawaiian uh, lay on it, and it's gonna be purple because he went to the purple vault. Right. So, so for those of you who don't know, um, Block Boy is the number one player, and uh, his little like QB guy um, looks like a, a QB with a backwards um, black hat, um, and it's got, he's also got a black shirt with like his logo on it. Um, so, maybe black paint? Question mark. Maybe. Ooh, new paint. That'd be nice. And for those who are super new, Block Boy. Flew out to Hawaii. Him and his girlfriend flew to Hawaii to get the Purple Vault on the Hawaii beach. It was yeah. uh, pretty epic. Yeah, there's a there's a little YouTube clip of that, and um, I would be sweating, absolutely sweating. Oh yeah, like I'm super good with my voice search, but 
I would, I don't lie, I would smoke a bowl before doing that to calm me down. <laughs> that would not help me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, so yeah, and and personally, me, um, I don't. I'm gonna kind of like opt out, but uh, the legendary—I don't really have any ideas of what the legendary QB is. And honestly, um, everyone already knows except for us. So yeah, because he's <laughs> live on his uh, his stream right now. Well, I think actually, so there's a new shop opening in eight days, um, and I think actually he's re- he's teasing the the shop, the, like what's coming out in the shop. And I think oh, that's nice. going to be different than the legendary QB. Um, so we actually have two different QBs at least coming out because with the anniversary event, we could see up to three. I think was the thing for like for because for most events they did they've done like a few in like different yeah. rarities. Oh, it's going to be a grind to get those now. Yeah. So are you still thinking about selling your purple paint? Yep. <laughs> smart. Smart. Yeah, people are going to get all the cubies. They're going to want more paint. I want to get all the cubies. I just want my pieces so I can, you know, forge or print them all later. Absolutely. I'm so, so, he- so. Go ahead. Sorry. Do you remember last night we chatted quickly and I said about the most ridiculous thing I'd heard lately in the game? And what was that? It was, and I've seen a people, a few people talking about doing this now and i'm like just i smack my head i'm like really this is all oh, right don't anyone take this personally <laughs> don't a disclaimer personally. <laughs> disclaimer kind of a dick sometimes and a couple people have done it and they go out to their blue vaults and they waste keys and burn them just to get the happy hour category question, yeah the question for the happy hour right I saw someone posted that they wasted 20 keys on one vault. Oh my gosh. I was like, what in the... I actually said, this is the worst strategy I've ever heard of. <laughs> I remember you uh, beaking at that person. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it happened again today. And I was like, why? Why? Why Why would you do that? 20 keys, think- that's $2 just burn. I'm going to just go down to the next vault. I think you had some supporters on both sides, though, lining that up. So... I think you had a few people saying that, uh, you know, I would never do that. And personally, me as a player, I would personally never do that. Only because I don't, I don't got keys like that, you know? You have to be a top player to be doing that. Yeah, like, yeah, someone was like, I had a hundred, over 100 keys and now I'm down to 80. You don't oh, have enough hoo-hoo. keys to be, to be burning like that. Because I can burn 80 keys in two days. Yeah, and you also had some people who thought this was a genius idea in order to start getting paint like more paint i mean obviously these people are doing it um for the boosted paint see i could i could understand it a little more if also resin was boosted um but for those of you who don't know during a happy hour category question um it's only the paint that is actually boosted yeah i just it i won't say anymore it was it was an interesting um strategy to say the least and i think this game is so new that like all these different strategies will keep popping up and we'll never really know 
Oh, this I'm so excited to make fun of all the dumb new strategies. <laughs> Some of the good ones. I will like the good ones. I promise to like the good ones, but I will mock the shit out of the bad ones. You got to run all your new strategies by King Thermos. Yeah. Oh, definitely do. And I will tell you if it's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so what are some of the strategies you do then? Enlighten us. Sorry, am I putting you on the spot here? No, I just... Uh, so when I started my UVs, I didn't tell anyone where I was planning them. Mm-hmm. Because I hit six or seven, and I had plans for a few more, and I told one or two people, and all of a sudden my next spots got taken. Ah. So I filled the last of mine without telling anyone where they were going. So, so you and, played it sneaky. Yeah. Same with, uh, I've started putting up uh, stickers lately. Right, and right. Printed stickers. I haven't. Uh, they're all in one area. I haven't told anyone where they are because I know there's a couple big events coming up in the city. I'm like, I'm hitting those events. I am covering every every pole, light pole, light standard in that area. Now, this is a good strategy for sure, playing the game, the stickers. Um, so uh, for those of you who don't know, there is, there's a sticker um, kind of like blueprint or not a blueprint, but <laughs> um, like a, I guess a blueprint, sure, um, that where you can paste your referral code um, onto a QR code. And when people scan it and they walk by and scan it, you'll actually get a referral. Um, so have you gotten any referrals from your sticker? Not yet. But I know that you, uh, I know. You, had a, you had a nice little plan about um, putting it in a quite a populated area. Yeah, they're, they're all going to be over near my user vaults, I will say that. Smart. Yeah, because um, I, I always thought about doing that, too, because, you know, as soon as somebody starts playing, they're going to look what's in their area. Yeah, I QR coded the map onto my stickers also. Oh, okay. So that people can QR code, open the map and see what's around. Oh, wow, mm-hmm. this is this game might be worth downloading. Look at all these vaults around here. Yeah. Um, And so when I started playing the game, there were, <clears throat> you know, three or four user vaults like at my local like shopping center kind of deal um and then i started putting them up at the parks around me like a little closer yeah but now there is there are about like 25 user vaults just in my line um there's about three more dozers um i personally can place two more dozers um so my problem here is is that i have 12 blue keys <laughs> and about 30 user vaults. <laughs> yeah, let's hope that they do something for. I mean, they nerfed the blue keys on us with the Twitter. So, and let's hope that they start adding something to give us blue keys back. Yeah, I really liked the idea of um, the the walking, like the uh, like GPS tracking your walk to um, reward you with blue keys for every like amount of kilometers or miles or steps you've taken. Yeah, I'm a big fan of that too. Do you have any more ideas of what they could do to possibly boost um, like the blue key situation? I mean, I've always wanted, and I've brought it up in Discord general discussion more than a few times the ability to make our own key forges i see like as a actual building where you would um 
like it would cost say a yellow key to unlock a slot and then you drop resin into the dozer and that becomes a key forge yep because if i could throw some key forges up around my user vaults make my life a lot uh absolutely and and the people going there too are gonna be like oh great i mean i purposely go to places on the map that have keys not user vaults (laughs) yeah uh the only way that i can get enough keys to play is to drive right i could bike it if i wanted to spend a few hours biking i don't mind biking but uh Regina is not a safe city to bike in because cars will run your ass over. <laughs> yep. And that just goes, that just is a good place to tell people, you know, if you're playing this game on a bike, definitely um, be very careful and, and stay hyper vigilant because um, I know there's been a co- couple close calls for me as well. And I, and I play on my bike um, and the last thing this game wants is, you know, someone getting hurt from playing it. Yeah. We don't want to see people getting hurt like uh, they did playing Pogo, not paying attention, getting hit by things. And I mean, there are going to be some, some, you know, less bright people. Who... I have heard some stories already <laughs> that I, I don't know got, if they're true. You got a story for us about that? I heard of someone... Driving the car around security uh, blockade so that they could drive up to a vault and then lose it <laughs> on security when they came to yell at them. I'm not going to lie. I've put myself into some pretty peculiar situations of um, kind of just going wherever I want. <laughs> and, that, and then with, with the excuse of, oh, you know, it's, I'm kind of like playing Pokemon Go, but I tell them all about the game. <laughs> I, I've avoided those kinds of things. We had a couple of vaults and over in our COVID testing lineups. And I was like, no, I will not go there. I don't care if they're closed and it's night. Security is going to get. I don't need to deal with security. For sure. For sure. And I, I've noticed that. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed this, but I, I find there's a lot of. Um, like POIs at churches and like not just like at the front of a church, but it's always at the back in the far corner of a church for some strange reason. Oh, I haven't noticed that out here, but we've got a lot at schools. They keep uh, having to move them to the front of schools so that people can get them driving by because uh, no one wants um 40 year old man looking at his phone, walking up to a school looking like a creeper. <laughs> No, that's also bad publicity. And that that's a good spot to uh, let people know about um, uh, if there are like inaccessible vaults or keys or if they're in inappropriate um, positions, then um, you should definitely jump on the Discord and uh, let the devs know um, because the, they're more than willing to uh, change that for you. Just because, you know, before the game takes off completely, they want to make sure that all the all the vaults are safe to hit. Okay, um, so um, this is kind of j- still going back to m- my game, um, but this week for the mystery boxes, I have been blessed this week. You're getting that resin? Oh, I got, um, I got one 5,000 resin. I got two 1,000 resins. I got three green keys, but here's where, <laughs> here's my dilemma. 
I got almost zero six blue keys. I never get uh, six blue keys. I imagine that they are made up, that other people get them. And it's make believe. I get two and three. Yeah. Sometimes I get a thousand resin, but I'm like, nah, this six blue keys is made up. My one son <laughs> plays, his account, bang, six blue keys every day. Yep. So would you rather three or six blue keys or 1,000 resin? I'd rather have the six blue keys. For sure. Me too. I agree. I would rather the six blue keys than a green key. <laughs> uh, I'm a fan of collecting my green keys right now just because I can turn them to that yellow. And see, <laughs> that's, that's, that's good for you because you got that yellow beside you, but... I have nothing, so I typically use my green keys on a green vault. And mm-hmm. lately, I've been doing well on my green questions, but it's always—it's not always that way, you know. The green questions can get hard. I, I was wrong on a green vault five times in a row once or six. It was yeah. embarrassing. I think we've all had a bad, a bad line like that. <laughs> and of course, my sons were with me, so I got mocked endlessly. <laughs> um so i guess we'll just move on to um the last portion here because i think we're running up on 40 minutes um and i think it's it's a good time just to um kind of transition into um the last little part of the podcast where we do kind of like a player interview i know i've um i've already asked you a bunch of questions that could be like this was whole podcast was interview style but um these are kind of like set questions I have and that I'll continue to ask people when they come on the show. Are you ready? Yep. Okay. They're not hard. <laughs> um, <laughs> so what future updates are you most excited for and why? Uh, I'm excited to see what they're, because they had teased doing something to replace the green or blue key loss, the blue key yep. nerf. So I'm yep. super excited to see that. That's what I'm most excited for. So that one also could be categorized under, um, or actually, this is a little bit different, but still in the same category is the uh, the quote unquote refill that's happening. Yeah. Um. So the refill could potentially bring more keys to the area. That would be nice. That's that's my biggest desire right now. The auction house is great, but my biggest desire is more keys. Um, so I, this question was going to be um, for if uh, the Hunter's Lodge was um, after this podcast, but unfortunately that's not the case. But, you know, still we both have we agreed that we wouldn't see it. So um, I guess I could still ask you this question. But um, what sort of questions um, would you have for the devs like at the Hunter's Lodge? What, what's, a, what's one of the key questions that you think needs to be answered about this game? I'm not, you know, there's a lot of people get upset at some of the changes with the nerfs on the user vaults previously and on the keys. I don't get so upset about stuff like that. I'm not sure what I would ask them. Yeah, You're not phased, eh? I have, uh, I'll, I'll let you know what one of my questions was going to be. And you let me know if this is a little offside or if um, this actually might have been answered. Um, so... Um, I wanted to know a little bit about the Coin Hunt World Treasury. 
Um, so kind of like how much money they uh, they've given out. I know they they did a graphic about that like a while ago, but obviously that number has changed. And how much kind of like money they have, or how much cryptocurrency they have left to give out. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, the more that prices increase, like they got right now, uh, they have been right now. The more they have to give out. <laughs> yeah, but it would be nice to to know what the stats are recently. Like even every month, hey, this is what we gave out this month. You guys have been killing it. Yep. Yep. Um. So, uh, before I let you go, um, I know you are doing something pretty special this month with your proceeds. Um. So I just want to uh, let you have a second to kind of um shout that out. Yeah. So I decided that for the month of July here, I'm taking all of my proceeds and donating them to. It's called the Great Canadian Challenge. Great Canadian Cycle Challenge. So you choose uh, a distance that you're going to ride, and then you don't uh, donate money for it, and it all goes towards fighting kids' cancer. I mean, that's that's incredible. That's incredibly noble. And um, for anybody who wants to check that out, um, I'm gonna put like that whole thing in in the description below. So um, you don't have to like give them a link. Like if you need the link, you can go down into the description and find that and donate. Yeah, if everyone wants to donate, I mean, I've been, I think I was going to use my Uphold XRP address just since it's so cheap to transfer XRP. Yep. So if anyone wants to donate even three XRP, which is like, I don't know, a dollar fifty, I don't care. Yeah. It yeah, comes over that's... and I'm going to put it all into Ethereum or Bitcoin, whichever is cheaper to transfer at the time. Then I have to go to ShakePay, then to the bank, and then I can put it over to donate it all over. <laughs> the the joys the of cryptocurrency the joys of cryptocurrency but it's kind of been nice because last week no on tuesday my uh, my withdrawal was going to be 130 i think so far this month and Damn. since then it's already gone up an extra 10 dollars yep exactly so you kind of want it to be high yeah all right. Um, so that's going to wrap things up. Um, thank you, King Thermos, for doing this. This was the first podcast, the first blockchain gaming podcast um, with a guest on it, the first Coin Hunt World wrap-up with a guest on it. Um, I'd love to get people's opinions and feedbacks. Um, I know probably you, KT, want to get some feedback as well. Oh, definitely. I mean, people are welcome to message me, uh, DM me in Discord, or tag me in general discussion, because I'm always in there at some point in the evening. And let me know if you hate me or love me. <laughs> I'm sure they love you. I'm sure they love you. <laughs> Alright, guys, that has been it for the show. Um, all the links for everything you need to know is going to be in the description. Um, the link to the cycle or the donating for the the, the children's cancer is going to be in the description. Um, the link to that newsletter um, and the wiki, like always, is going to be in the description. Um, and that's it for me. Peace out, guys.
Please be advised that this podcast is meant for educational and informational purposes only and is in no way a replacement for legal or medical advice. The opinions contained within are solely those of the interviewers and interviewees and should be received as so. Those seeking help or advice are encouraged to obtain professional legal and medical services.